It's episode 99 of the New Blood Rising podcast. We're taking a look at December to dismember. I'm not going to attach the 06 because why? There isn't another one, thankfully, past it. I'm William Rinkin. Joined, of course, Jason Kiesler. How's it going? Charlie Stabile. How you doing, pal? <laughs> and Martin Dixon. Martin, how much? how is the eclipse going to look over there tomorrow? Um, probably very, 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 very dumb. <laughs> it's just Monday. Yeah, I I am hoping the, the, that the this sky, is. Oh, sorry, go ahead. The sky the sky turning dark randomly in England is not a massive event over here. <laughs> I was gonna say it's probably gonna be raining anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I was telling somebody I was like I, I kind of hope that like this is one of those times where like NASA got it wrong. And guess what? The eclipse is the day after or the week after. Oops. Oh, like the second coming of Christ. <laughs> or or it's a hoax. Or this is just a hoax to, like, you know, get, like, you know, uh, tourism and everything up in the past. Buy those stupid glasses. Yes. Yes. So that's that's going to be fun. It's fun to get excited about, uh, you know, events like this. Like, you know, I mean, it's we don't have many more like this in the world to get excited about. You know, like, remember back, like, when the first, like, like when it was something cool to see a space shuttle launch? Like, that was like, wow. Like, that really was something that... Yep. Now, like, they launch every day and you don't even hear about it. It's like, oh, yeah, we just sent the uh, SS Calgary up there. You know, how you doing? Canada's one and only <laughs> space <laughs> program. <laughs> that, that's all you hear on the way up is a loop of Bret Hart's theme song. <laughs> I'd rather blow my parachute than do this mission. Sucks. But, um... So it's episode ninety nine, so we're one away from the big one, one zero zero. And today we effectively, mercifully end the WWE version of ECW after a, a, a long three episode stretch that we had here. <laughs> and uh, can you believe it goes on for three more years after this? Yeah, and in, 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 in a in a way, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like it, they're they're. I'll tell you at the end. I want to. I want to go through the releases, and I want you guys to. I, I'm gonna. I looked up who is still like who from this pay per view is gone within a year, and it's a substantial portion of this card is gone. So it's 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 wild to look at, but um, wow, it, it things like it, it's funny. Like oh, um, barely or not barely. I'm sorry. One one night stand five was amazing and then 06 yeah, it's pretty good it's almost as good overall it's it's obviously got some high points compared to it and then this one just is free fall to the basement it's <laughs> terrible this might be the worst show or the worst pay-per-view i've ever seen i'm just gonna say that up oh, front. you're just gonna lead off with that i'm gonna lead off with that because i don't think i don't think we need to bury the lead here it's awful this is one of the worst shows. And I don't care. People can say what they want about Russo WCW. I'm sorry. The majority of those shows look superior compared to this. At least either either whether it was, you know, it had one shining good match or it was just so terrible it looped around to funny again. 
that's fine. It's like Heroes of Wrestling. That loops around yeah. that <laughs> to becoming entertaining by virtue of not entertaining. This just sucked. There, I, I will say, I don't have a single match on this that goes above a five. Not one. And mm-hmm. I think this is the first time I've ever just rated a match one. I don't, I don't <laughs> think I've ever done that. Just one. Like, wow. Just, like, like, just, like, it was just pure garbage. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This is the worst fucking pay-per-view I have ever seen in my life. And I've seen the Elimination Chamber match several times because of the uh, DVD set that they released back in, like, 09. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, I I hear the show's awful, but, you know, this isn't the worst thing. But, no, it's everything that leads up to that. Oh, my God. (laughs) Were you hoping? I was like, oh, oh, I'll just say one real quick. I saw this was two hours and 14 minutes. I thought this would be a breeze. This took eight hours. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I, I, I got bored. I got up and made a steak. (laughs) <laughs> and, and by make it by made a steak he went out found the cow executed the cow punched he on raised, it like rocky for a little while yeah he, he raised the cow to then slaughter it right i got it to trust me it, <laughs> wow it's, it's it's hilarious like i'm I, I you're not far off like i it took me i i'm I generally will watch these like during some downtime, and I felt the same. I was like, "Man, I got to get up for just a little bit." This, I'm, nothing's this, holding this my show attention. Is downtime. Yeah, you know, I'd be curious. Like after a certain point, we'll get to it in the main event. How many people just left? I'm curious. I really am because uh, the camera doesn't uh, really get up. You know, the camera doesn't move to any kind of like high arcing shot or whatever to to really give you a look. But there's got to be a substantial portion. It's just like forget it because. Even before then, they're starting to get really, really not happy with this show. Oh, yeah. At all. Yeah. So, were you watching? Hmm. I was going to ask anybody, you know how we went into the Russo WCW going, this can't be as bad as people said it was. Like, people are just remembering it being bad because we're told it was bad. Whereas this, I was like, man, this can't be that bad. And it was. It was so bad that generally when I record with you guys over the phone, I keep, I just play whatever paper you're watching in the background on quiet so I can look up and see if I remember anything. That's innovative. I wrong, yeah, I had the wrong pay-per-view playing for the last 10 minutes and didn't realize it until I look up and go, oh, that's the Hammerstein Ballroom. That's how unmemorable this pay-per-view is. <laughs> what a venue, too. The James Brown Arena. God. God. <laughs> Very close to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was nothing funny? Says, nothing says extreme like James Brown. And I mean, hey, like, hey, look, that's impressive. Extreme. The, the thing is, like we've said before. Remember when we watched like early ECW pay per views? They would venture down south, like, okay, probably not the traditional ECW crowd, and they're into it. That's a, you know, it actually is a pretty good location. ECW did better than WCW did when it came to, all right, we're going to take a show out of the South or out of our, you know, base location. Um, and hopefully we'll have a good turnout. And they would. WCW, we've talked about it before, like the WWE Nitro they tried to do. Doing it at Tacoma, Washington a week before you're in Georgia. Not smart at all. Um, and, and the thing is, by the time you're done with this show, if even if you thought going into it, oh, man, what a waste going to Augusta. You couldn't do it somewhere like up north. No, forget it. You could do this up north. It would have gotten an even worse reaction. Yeah. Worse. Yes. Oh, it would have been, been a better show. 
Um, from that, from the you know Ruther, East Rutherford uh, post WrestleMania yes. twenty nine uh, <laughs> sphere of things. Yes, absolutely. Those fine, fine people. <laughs> <laughs> it's because like it's I, I all the problems we have nowadays about people chanting all the things. It, it's their fault. <laughs> I blame them. I blame them. <laughs> the, well, I blame. This is what I blame. I don't. The, the reaction is a reaction. But WWE, like, guess what? You get a slammy. Man, come on. No. Yep. For, uh, all right. All right. Let's compose. Four thousand eight hundred people. Capacity crowd. It's they're 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 hanging. Wow. For- <laughs> That's an ECW record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. All right. So. Let me ask this up front. Do you guys know how many pay-per-view buys this show got? Oh, yeah. It's, I want to say it's in the 300,000s. Yeah, I don't uh, know the number to say. I know what place it holds in history. Okay. I don't know the number. Let's do it this way. Do you guys know how, how many buys, or just estimate, let's start with One Night Stand 05, right? How many do you think that one got? 600,000. Okay, uh, Martin, Jason, uh, Jason, do you guys got anything? Yeah, I just said around five, five hundred thousand, five two five. Jason, do you, Jason, do you have any input, or are you just like f it? Jason is no longer with us. I'm ready for you. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, like I, my phone, like Skype just went. I'm out. Closed. <laughs> <laughs> Skype went, no fucking way, 4,800 people showed up, I'm out. <laughs> the first one to get pinned, fuck that, I'm out. E- ECW <laughs> breaks the internet again. <laughs> but, uh, I apologize. Do you have any idea, Jason, though, how many, how many buys do you think, just starting with One Night Stand, how many that pay-per-view got? Didn't that one get, like, over 600,000? You guys are really excited about that show. It only got 325, okay? Only 325. But comparatively speaking, it compared to like Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, like it wasn't that far off the big four. Like it did way better than any of the secondary shows of that year. So then moving to 06, they do it again, right? Not not terribly far off, still a fall off. It was 280,000. 280,000. And they had a great main event, you know, built around it. So... You know, there was at least, like, still a, a pretty strong draw. This one, okay, now that you know those two, do you want to go back now and think about what, how many buys December to Dismember got? Pay-per-view. 160,000. Okay. Martin? 80,000. 80, okay. Oh, Jason. God. Oof. Jason? I would say two. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go 120,000. Martin, you n- almost nailed it. It's 90,000 buys. 90,000. That's it. That, Under 100? Yes. Yep. Under 100,000. So um, let's see here. Well, from what I've read, they never promoted it. They did nope. not promote this show at all, like on Raw at- or SmackDown. So, and only two matches were announced going into the show. That's even a big on the one. Pre, even on the pre-show, they didn't tell you what was coming up. Oh my God. Quick background here: event had the, this event had an attendance of forty-eight hundred and received about ninety thousand pay-per-view buys, with fifty-five thousand of them being domestic buys, which is the lowest buy rate <laughs> in WWE history until the introduction of the WWE Network in twenty fourteen. Wow! Wow! They probably made more money for that show at the gate. Then they didn't pay for <laughs> yeah. They might have made more at the merch stand. 
than they did. <laughs> Although it was oh, scheduled. Man, I don't think there's many people here that deserve merchandise. Right? Oh, Get your true. Elijah Burke t-shirt. No, 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 no. I, I want my Matt Stryker pencil. <laughs> they did. Yeah, how crazy. They actually, like, there was... And I don't know if they conceived of doing another one before this show or not, but there were plans for an 07 one, and mercifully, those were killed off. <laughs> Christmas is canceled. <laughs> Thankfully, those plans were dismembered. They were, no, no, no. no. Now, I, one of the big reasons right off the bat that this show was really behind the eight ball that I wanted to point out, I mentioned this briefly before Charlie got on the line. If you go back to the pay-per-view schedule 2006, I just want to run this by you guys. This is in, of course, this show falls in that weird area where wrestling kind of falls off after SummerSlam and kind of stays in, you know, kind of a constant lull until around Royal Rumble. This, in 06, they ran Cyber Sunday on November 5th. They ran Survivor Series on November 26th. So that was three weeks later. December to Dismember is one week after Survivor Series on December 3rd. Armageddon is only two weeks after December to Dismember. And the New Year's Revolution is only two weeks after that. So if you look at that, from November to um, the beginning of January, you've got five pay-per-views running. Five. Now, And this is not on the network. This is where yeah, you got to pay. This was so, 10 years ago. So this is, Jason, you nailed exactly where I was going with this. And the thing is... If you are just a regular, like, you know, everyday Joe, you know, you make a decent income, you're a fan of the product, you're really put in a position where I may not be able to buy every show because I frankly can't afford it. And the thing is, like, Martin, you, I'm going to give you credit too for what you just said. They only promoted two matches. And let's face it, like, that Elimination Chamber, they're kind of all in that that's the reason you're going to buy this. And, I don't know, when you're looking at Survivor Series and you're looking at probably Armageddon as well because it was the Raw pay-per-view and, you know, generally speaking, those guys probably got the bigger draw. I'm not sure on that, but I'm just guessing. You're probably like, you know what? Hard pass on December to December. You know, yeah. I'm not feeling the, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not feeling the awesome Hardy Boys versus Eminem match right off the bat. I think it's I'll skip It's still going. <laughs> it's, oh my God. So. Is there a longer tag match? I mean, I. Dude, I'm not kidding. It took three hours just to get through that. We might as well just dive right in it because the opening video, you know, it is what it is. It's the Elimination Chamber. It's the only thing they've got on this show. It's the only thing they've and got. On, on the network, mm. something very telling. This paper, this pay-per-view is rated TV 14, whereas every, other, every yeah. other ECW show is rated MA. The only warning you get is an L for language. It's rated yep. TV 14, so it'll take you 14 hours to get through it. It's the problem. So... Jason, um, let's go right into it. We th this, you know, when you when you look at this just uh, in a vacuum, you're like, oh wow, it's the Hardys against Eminem. And the thing is, I I'm not huge up on Eminem, but I know like as a tag team in that in this run, like they're an up and coming team. So you really got these guys kind of on the you know you've got a veteran versus an up and coming team. Yeah, take well, a the, the huh. sorry. The the weird thing was um, Eminem had already split and reformed just for this match. Right, and they're probably about to split again because if I'm not mistaken, Joey Mercury's face gets ripped off in a couple weeks in Armageddon. I was hoping that was this yep. match. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's a uh, it's a ladder that, match at Armageddon. That is a highlight. Like, well, the, like the whole time, like I mean, granted, during this four-hour match, I'm watching it and I'm like, they've got to break out a ladder at some point. 
You know, I was, I was like, I don't know how they're going to do it. And then when the, when, the, when the three count happened, I was like, God damn. Charlie, I, you know what's funny? This is the one Hardy Boys match where I'd say they're more likely to break out a wrist lock than a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> how you feeling about a wrist lock? <laughs> <laughs> Jason, we, we, we got to slow down. Take it away, my friend. This one's all you to start off. All right, here we are, the Hardys versus Eminem in the James Brown Arena with Tom Welling's big old super face overwatching the entire fucking pay-per-view. I couldn't get past that. The big old CW Smallville billboard behind a WWE show the whole fucking night. It's brilliant. Um, the opening video package, when before I get to the match, when it ends with the big show saying, I am ECW, did your heart sink a little bit? I don't think my heart sank as much as his eyes look sunken in from the Dude, last. This is this is the biggest show. <laughs> it, it, it truly is. It, it, it was. I'm not even a, an ECW fan, and I went, "Oh man, I would have hated this if I was really into this." But uh, we we have a. Uh, what was cool is we have a Spanish announce table at an ECW pay per view, and I'm going, "Ooh." That could be interesting. Spoiler alert: No one goes through that fucking table nope. the whole night. That's why it's there. Um, so what? So why is Savinovich even there? I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> um, what's sad is my we're just piggybacking off. We'll going into uh, and Charlie how long and bad this match is. My first note for this match is: I thought this was supposed to be a shit pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the uh, gleaming optimism! Yes, yes. Um, what's, uh, one of the things that really stand out through this match is the first half of it on commentary. Taz is going through puberty hardcore with Molina. Is is he fucking retarded? (laughs) Oh no. No. I'm just going to say he made it so much worse. He just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to rip him a new fucking asshole when it's my turn. But like (laughs) he, he did not help. He just did not fucking help. I forgot Joey no. Styles was even fucking there. But anyway. <laughs> so, um, one highlight move of this match is uh, I miss the Hardy Boys wheelbarrow suplex. We don't get to see that now because they're a lot older. They don't seem yeah. to do that. Also, they're wrestling guys the size of Sheamus. I don't really see them doing that that frequently. Um, speaking of what we're talking about, Taz's uh, just molestation of Molina, as at some point he is he is... Clearly, I think he is chastised over the headphones uh, for saying something because he goes, who wouldn't want to take a scissor lock from Molina? I would. Oh, ho, ho, I would. I would. I would. Then you hear him go, all righty. And then he doesn't say anything sexual. About it. <laughs> all righty. Yeah. He just he, he talks about her screaming, but he's not like getting like, oh, oh her scream. He's just like. He's just like, oh man, her scream. He goes, one, funny thing, he asked Joey Styles later on. He goes, can you imagine having to live with something like that? I just fucking lost it. <laughs> oh, he turned on her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he turned on her. <laughs> 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 uh, just the Eminem going at it and trying to like do some of the Hardys moves. And they fucked up when they're doing them because, you know, Eminem at this point could probably do them better than they could. Um, and it's because I'm a I'm a huge Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, John Mundo, Johnny fucking impact now, apparently. Um, yep. Fan of his. 
Because, I mean, the guy's really talented. Him, He and Miz were one of my favorite tag teams ever. Uh, and watching this match, I'm going, man, this is going to be great. And it's so fucking slow. Mm-hmm. Through the whole match, for these two, like, to, uh, these two teams, I, and especially supposed to be on an ECW pay-per-view, I'm expecting, you know, balls out, almost kid cash, and, and whatever the fuck, easy money, like, pacing. And we're not getting that. Um, it's just... You know, there, there's a good spot outside where Matt Hardy goes to do like a stage dive or on Joey, and Joey catches him and does a power slam from an over the top rope dive. That must have hurt. Um, and then Taz tries to make a local reference on commentary and forgets where he is and doesn't know. He just goes on I 26 95, right. wherever we are. Joey, where? where are we? Want to know the same thing. Uh, just Jesus, just. Uh, Melina is the first woman in the entire ECW run that we've done, and which is funny because it's the fucking end, to stand up to the crowd for the crack whore chants. Yes. Mm-hmm. She turns yep. around, and I, I don't exactly know how it's standing up, but like she, she goes and kicks Jeff or Matt, one of them, and turns around and goes, crack whore, and then flips everybody off. It was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I, it, it's, you know... Uh, this match was so much a letdown. Um, I've got some notes that Will's probably got, so I'm going to leave those out. Um, and you can go sure ahead, please, no, please go for it. The second top rope, the second top rope extreme leg drop, your favorite thing. Oh, like God damn! It just when you pointed that out, it just made that move so uninteresting to me forever. It sucks. I've never liked it. It's always been like eh. it sucks. <laughs> you know, your brother goes to the top rope, you go to the second rope. I mean, at that point, you might as well go to the first rope and just do an elbow. I mean, why <laughs> bother going up? Just do a jumping leg stunt. Yep. And I know that Charlie and Will, you two uh, generally are the current weekly stuff. So you both probably missed Nia Jax's phantom elbow drop. A couple weeks ago. I did. Uh, I did. What happened? <laughs> Sounds she, glorious. Yeah, she's wrestling. I can't remember. I think it's Sasha. And uh, <laughs> Sasha's on the mat, and Nia's getting ready to go for an elbow drop. And Sasha sits up and just gets up, moves out of the way. And Nia doesn't look down and just elbow drops the fuck out of the mat. And it's <laughs> amazing. It's just like, it's not even like someone's clothes. It's just like, whoop. Like when you were a kid, you were playing at home, and you went to elbow drop your little wrestling buddy, and the wrestling buddy just flew out from under you, but there wasn't nothing there. It was beautiful. Um, but this is just here. I've got this opening match refuses to fucking die. And literally the moment I write those notes, there's the pin one, two, three. <laughs> um, this is not anywhere near as good as I'd hoped it'd be because the Jeff Hardy, Johnny Nitro singles matches were really good. Mm-hmm. Eminem yep. uniting for the one. I was like, man, this is great. Nope. This sucks. Uh, I'm going to give this a big old three. All right. All right, Chuck, go for it. I'm going to try to keep this short and brutal. All right. So. It sounds like my last physical. (laughs) (laughs) Money, money. Oh, God. Uh, One thing that's always perplexed me about Eminem, because this was like during the era of when I wasn't watching wrestling. What's up with those coats that they wear? Like, what are those? It's because they were originally, like, Hollywood stars. They had, like, they got, like, jobbers to be, like, a paparazzi, and they'd roll out a red carpet as they made their entrance down and in they the wear ring. The, 
it looks like animal fur. Like, is, yeah. is, is that oh, is that what that's supposed to be? Well, okay, I don't, I don't know. It was just it was just the big, expensive, lavish coats. I did like the little scrolling LEDs they had on their coats this time, though. Yeah, it was. I just, I don't know, um, man. What, like, you can truly see the fundamental difference between Taz and Jerry the King Lawler when it comes to uh, like comedy with like like with women at ringside. Like, like Jerry Lawler can make my sides hurt. Taz just is a bumbling idiot. And there's, there are these two phrases that he keeps saying throughout the night that I, I, I was ready to fucking break my television. I was so mad. Like, one is a New York cliche, and it's not for nothing. Mm. He must say not for nothing. He actually stutters while Joey interrupts him. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Joey. And then as soon as Joey's done talking, Taz goes, well, not for nothing. But <laughs> Like if you insist on saying that every goddamn time, and there's there's another one that that he does, and it's probably in my notes somewhere. I'll get to it. I'm basically this, this whole review is just gonna be me bitching about Taz. I think for the most part, because as 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 oh as mediocre as he was in the last show, which is serviceable, this is one of the worst color commentating jobs I've ever heard in my life. And Joey Styles is so not Joey Styles. Yeah. In this. Oh, like, th- through th- this entire broadcast, like, like even trying to hear him call for moves, it, it just, it just doesn't sound anything like him. Um, Scott Armstrong is one of my least favorite referees of all time, and it's simply because of the way he counts a three. It's, it's so weird. It, it's, it's like, it looks like he's like trying to fucking like put a broom under a refrigerator. Like, like, <laughs> every time he counts. Like I, it just, uh, there's no suspense to it. It's just like you sucked in the ring and you suck as a rat. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here! Like you, Jesus, Charlie. The fucking no. I, I'm I'm going all in on this. He's like the Bruce Hart of the Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just, he's just, there's just nothing good about him. Um, Taz has this fucking line that I I don't understand what it means. Uh, Melina gets in the ring and she's like on top of. Of 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 uh, nitro and mercury ends up on top some bullshit and Taz goes oh an M M&M and M sandwich no peanut butter <laughs> <laughs> what, what the fuck does that mean I I don't I don't understand he he is so awful it is such a departure from because this is the last time we're seeing Taz this is it because he he's not at uh, TNA Hardcore Justice and um, when you come uh, is right he's not there is he. He is. I'm taking. Ah! You watched it <laughs> like seven years ago. <laughs> oh, I damn it! Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're not done with this asshole. So, like, when you compare it to the first time we saw him and how badass he was, and just a force to be reckoned with, and then the way he is like here, which is the worst WWE version of him, uh, it's, it's just terrible. But the, the one real complaint about the match and what makes it seem like it's so long i think i nailed it because it's not just this match it's the entire card i it's like everyone was backstage and paul Heyman went okay we don't know what the fuck we're doing so everyone if you're in a match tonight i want everyone to go half speed it seems like every single wrestler on this card is going half speed. It might be because of time. They're like, we have to fill this time. We have to try. Same matches. <laughs> well, yeah, time. Two hours and 14 minutes. It's amazing it's that long. 
with with only six matches, and yet, I mean, the Matt Stryker has like a ten minute promo alone, but it's it's just so unbelievably awful. I, I mean, I wanted Taz and Molina to die. I I, I didn't. My I didn't, God, I didn't remember. No, no, man, I didn't remember why I disliked Molina. I mean, I remember the Batista Johnny. Nitro story, which I think is fucking hilarious. But other than that, I was like, what is it I didn't like about her? I totally forgot about the screen. And as soon as she did it, I was like, that's it. That's the bitch. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's up with, Charlie it's up is like one step away from becoming Mel Gibson on this. On this, <laughs> <laughs> this, this fucking pigot. So, oh, oh my God. So it was her scream. Do you think her scream is worse than Daphne's? Well, that see, that's what I'm trying to compare it to. Uh, Daphne, it's it's either Daphne or um, Vicky Guerrero. Like Vicky, like when I, like Vicky Guerrero's excuse me, like that whole shit. It annoys me in a very similar way as Vicky Guerrero. Not so much as Daphne. There's some Daphne. It seemed to fit her, her character a little more. She was just insane. Like it seemed like it was actually she. She actually seemed unadjusted. You know, for for the line of work she was in, so I didn't mind it so much with her. But Melina, I have no idea why Melina's screaming. I I don't have a clue, and I'm sorry. She's just I'm sorry, Taz. She's not that hot. She's five. I've I've never thought she was that attractive. She's got that cool little ring entrance. That's about it. What was that old line that Jerry Lawler used to have about a lunger blaze? She's got a million dollar body, but a ten cent face, Vince. You know? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> like it's it's the same thing with Melina. I. I hated this. I hated everything about this. And I really thought this, if, if any match were to be the best match on this card, this is the one that should have been it. Because you got the Hardys and you got um, Johnny Nitro. What, which, what, Morrison, John Morrison. Like, that's, what, that's, that's how I know him. And, and those are great in-ring performers. But this match just has, doesn't have any continuity to it. It's beyond slow, like in terms of the half-speed part of it. Um, it's, there's just nothing to it. This is a solid three for me, and and that's being generous. Where did the pay per view touch you, Charlie? You were <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Show us on the doll. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. This is so bad. Like, <laughs> like Jason. Uh, b- before I hand it off to Martin, Jason, you said it. When we went into season one with Russo WCW, the whole thing was: Is this really as bad as as people make it out to be, or as we remember it? And and I'll give you my answer. No, it's not. It's bad, but the way people make it sound is that it's the worst thing that's ever happened to pro wrestling. And it's not. Like, there are things in that first season that I really liked. Like, Three Count or Tank Abbott with them, like, shit like that. I, I, I can get behind that. Going into this pay-per-view, is this pay-per-view as bad as everyone makes it out to be? And does it deserve its buy rate and this and that? It's worse than I've ever heard anyone describe it to me. And this match sets the precedent because it doesn't seem like the Hardys care. It's terrible. There's a point in the match where Matt Hardy does a double twist of fate off the top rope to both of Mercury and, and fuck, I can never remember these fuckers names and Nitro. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, He does a double twist of fate and Joey Styles is so just out of it from having to deal with Taz's bullshit that he says double neck breaker off the top. And I'm like, oh, it's over. Oh, <laughs> man. Like, that's that motherfucker's move. You know, that's like if, uh, if Austin did the stunner. <laughs> and you're, like, you're like, front face neck breaker. <laughs> 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 you know, how out of it are you? It just, I, I, I'm, I'm passing this on 
This match sucks. Go ahead, Martin. <laughs> um, yeah, if if someone told me afterwards that what I'd actually been watching was like a a, a half speed recording of the actual match. I would have believed you. Everybody just seemed really slow, really sluggish. It was clear they had, you know, like a a, a fifteen minute match that they, or like a ten minute match that they had to stretch out to like nearly thirty. You know, it's 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 not pleasant, and the crowd want to get into it, but <laughs> the uh, the guys at the ring really aren't giving them that much to go on. Um. Joey Mercury, ECW original, doesn't come up at all. I know. I was I'm glad you brought it up, Martin. I was going to say, like, we've got uh, Joey Matthews back in the mix here. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, the commentary is awful. Joey Styles has morphed into JR Light as per doctrine. Taz is just fucking ridiculous. Um, there's just very little here. There's some, like, cool sort of double team moves. Um... Yeah, and there's the you know the double whipper snapper off, <laughs> off the top. <laughs> you know, Martin, the guy who did that move once beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. Really, really, I never heard that. <laughs> did you also know that Balls Mahoney is is not allowed to wrestle in any amateur wrestling event? Oh, don't worry, you'll find out soon enough. God damn it! I'm like, ugh. Oh. <laughs> I'm ready for her to die. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the only person who seems to have a good time is Matt getting the head scissors from Melina. Speaking of Melina, yeah, the hottest entrance in wrestling, they cut away from, from it. Yep. It's extreme. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Quest, question mark. Um, yeah, it's it's one, it's weird because none of these guys are on the ECW roster, you've got Jeff and Matt who are on Raw, and you've got, I think Eminem were on SmackDown. Yeah, they're on SmackDown because the next show's on SmackDown. That was one of the two matches that was announced prior to this show. So it shows a lot of confidence in the brand, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, um, man. This sucks. It's, 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 I can only really give it a four. <laughs> if, wow. it was short, if it was shorter, it would get five, but it's it's just nothing. There's, there's no urgency to it. Um, I think this match commits the cardinal sin that I hate in tag team matches for me, and that's a double hot tag. I hate one. Yep. Once you do one hot tag, like the, that's where you know you guys were talking about the crowd. The crowd is ready for that to be moving towards a finish, and then when all of a sudden it's like, oh no 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 no, we got another fifteen minutes, folks. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you thought this was gonna be a quickie? Uh-uh. <laughs> oh no. That that was where I lost it, like because up until that point, I was like, eh, not bad. You know, it's okay. Nothing spectacular, but eh. But then after that, I was like, no. And then it was weird, like. Like, I came around, like, after I got through the rest of this show, I came back around to, I was like, man, when you put this match, like, when you think about it after you've seen the rest of the show, you're like, man, this thing looked like Flair Steamboat in 89. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> was this Wrestle War? Shy, 
Yeah, Shy Town Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, it was this was Die Die Town Rumble. At this point, it was terrible. Like that's why, like I'm a, a three is about as good as I can give it because if, if they had if they had gone home not long after that first hot tag, eh, I'd say six. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem giving it a six because I was like, eh, it's all, it'd be all right probably. But man, that when you when the Hardy Boys have like at least three like chin locks in a match, that's not good. Oh. <laughs> so, all right, we're off to NWA December to December. <laughs> we're off to a hot start. A hot start here today, folks. <laughs> um, we now are gonna we head to a pre-taped interview with a a pretty serious RVD, the most serious RVD That's I've ever what I seen. <laughs> serious RVD, and, and it yep. sucks. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's, it's so, also a wrong. Doesn't want to be here. Because it says WWE.com exclusive, yet we're watching it on TV. <laughs> we know that's not new. <laughs> good, if, good call. If this show was done in like 2011, it would have been like, oh, exclusive to WWE on Tout. We've got RVD talking about Oh, man. <laughs> tout. You saw that Tout's, Tout's usage went up like... 10,000% a couple weeks ago because Daniel Bryan and Renee Young did that smacking talk on <laughs> yes. talk not got canceled. They were like, Tell me they called it smacking talk. Yes. They did. They did. Yeah. <laughs> That's not I, love the, I love the idea that somewhere in a university basement, an old computer just spooled up at that point. <laughs> some kindly old janitor then had to get, onto, like the, get onto the phone. It's the opening of Independence Day. All of a sudden, this guy's yes. playing putt-putt, <laughs> and the thing goes off, and he's like, what the hell? And he calls up, you know, calls up old boss who just falls out of bed. It's like, what? Bring the team in. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? I'm playing putt-putt. It's three in the morning. Dude, I'm playing putt-putt. I'm listening to R.E.M. Dude, document. Great album. <laughs> Everybody hurts. Everybody. So, all right. After we see Sirius RVD, we now go to the ring for uh, former social studies teacher Matt Stryker versus Balls Mahoney. So, Fuck! All right. All right. <laughs> I'm rubbing my hands together because I'm getting ready for old Chuck to unleash a storm here. So have at it, my friend. Jesus Christ. Okay, so so they I forgot I forgot about this. I forgot they gave Matt Stryker the Dean Douglas gimmick and we're like, well, it worked before. And uh so they stick him with it. And dude, dude Will, I thought of you because I was like, so so it's like it's it's like it's Matt Douglas. But then I thought, well, I can't be because that, wasn't that James Garner's name in My Fellow Americans? It is. Go, uh, Matthew Douglas. <laughs> so I was like, I can't call him that. Uh, Matt Stryker, um, he was, see, my memories of him come from the commentary uh, that he did in WWE, which was okay. Uh, he always came across to me as too much of a fan of the product. Like, um, like I always remember when Diesel came out, came out for the Royal Rumble, like in 2011 or whatever it was. Yeah. And Matt Stryker, like, was truly, I really don't think he knew that Diesel was coming out. I mean, he, he was really taken aback by that. You know, just like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I just have to get myself together. I'm so surprised. Like, I, I grew up watching Diesel. And I was like, oh, all right. But <laughs> Matt Stryker has screamed this... at, I think he actually screamed at one point, I'm marking out, bro. Mm -hmm. I think he did, too. 
but he he does this thing that I love. It's an underrated thing, uh, in t- you know, for um, smart fans like us, where the the wrestler will ask the audience questions, and the audience is too stupid to figure out what it is that they want. <laughs> yes. And, and Striker, I forget what the first two questions are, uh, but it's the third one that's really good. That's really important. And it's basically the crowd is just eating him alive. They know he doesn't belong there. He looks ridiculous in those in, in, in the tights that he's wearing. But it's basically like, who, you know, should I be fighting Balls Mahoney? He's like, no. Should I be in ECW? No. And then he says, well, would you like to see me in an extreme rules match? And <laughs> it's like 50 50. It's like, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like just sitting there like, don't you want to see this guy get killed? You know, and, and the fans are just like, no, we want to see you in a straight up just technical like exhibition. You know, <laughs> like I'm trying to figure out what it is that the fans wanted out of this. You know, just I want a submission match right now <laughs> with Matt Stryker. Just Jesus Christ, like these fucking fans. And, uh, but. <laughs> And then Balls Mahoney comes out, and I was actually really shocked. I don't ever remember them referring to him as Balls in WWE CW. I always remember them calling him Mahoney, which I yeah, thought was the, hysterical. There was a point where he was... Mahoney? Like, yeah. Yeah, like Police Academy. <laughs> um, if I remember right, the, the WWE magazine, you know, rest in peace, um, yeah. used, to do these, <laughs> used to do these cool, like, sort of... Uh, you know, this is the current roster uh, magazines, and they're quite fun for a snapshot of what WWE was like. In you know, I still have specific- all of mine. I had a subscription <laughs> for like six years. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, they had to refer to him just as Mahoney. Mahoney from Nutley, New Jersey. Mahoney. I, you know, it's such a anticlimactic <laughs> little announcement. Uh, I have no idea what what was said, but. I put a star by it, so I, 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 I'm, that must have been a note for me to make sure that I said this while I talked about this match. Joey Styles and Taz just think they are fucking hilarious. <laughs> and, you, and what I, what I know I you're going about that. I know you're going towards. Is, I can't wait. Well, they're they're talking to each other. Like what I recall about it is that they're they're making jokes and they're laughing about it, and none of it's funny. Uh, it's just awful, and they won't talk about the match. I mean, I've, granted, I don't blame them. This is a <laughs> fucking awful match, and I honestly didn't think it could get worse than this match. But I was wrong, and we'll get to that later. Uh, we got we get to hear Balls Mahoney's amateur wrestling story again, like we do every fucking time he wrestles. Uh, this is just awful, and, and I don't want it. Balls Mahoney, you know, rest in peace. He was a great wrestler like i've I've always liked him and matt striker is just a wrestler like i've never thought he was special or anything like that and balls mahoney deserves a lot better than this granted uh well wait a minute how did it how did this match end i don't even remember how this fucker ended did striker actually win this fucking thing no No, no, balls did with a spine buster yeah okay at least i got something right yeah because i had it in my memory that (laughs) the striker got him with a fucking inside cradle (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, please don't tell me that was it. Nope, this is this is fucking awful. I give this a two. Uh, oh wow. All right. No, that's oh, that, no, no, that's I'm a sorry. Quick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A one point five. 
Oh, Oops. no. Okay. 1.5. Martin, you're how... making the math harder on yourself, Charlie. You've been through enough. Martin, are you over <laughs> under there's, there's the 1.5? I'm curious. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll get to that at the end. Um... And this is out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the idea of Striker's gimmick, although in the execution here, it's actually kind of terrible because, I mean, you know, it's in 2006, teacher gimmick, I don't know, just, but it, he would have suited like the Sandow character. Not, I'm a teacher, I'm just smart. But because he was a teacher and blah, blah, blah. Um, I do like his, in his promo, he was on about extreme, an extreme enforcement of the rules match. That I quite liked. Um, and then he goes for no gouging, no top rope moves, and no foul language. He's like, what the fuck is this? Do ECW in 1992. The Bill um, Watts rules match. Bill yeah. Watts is ECW. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you see, they get more heat if they throw them over the top, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, there is nothing to this match. Um, uh, it's Balls was sorry, Mahoney was not going to be a good fit for the WWE style, and that's essentially what they were going for here. Because Striker, it was you know cookie cutter Florida Championship Wrestling guy. Um, his gear is horrible, and it's really, really. Obvious that he's not wearing any kind of athletic support, shall we say? <laughs> yes, um, yes, it is. It's just, it's just kind of flapping it. Yeah, I think, I think at one point it winked at the audience. Can, can you mention uh, real quick Joey Styles' comment about sitting on his own face? <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah, they were they were so he, proud Ch- of that. Charlie, one. that was he the one was. I was going to say. He loved that joke. That that was the line. That was the line that made me write that. I was like, oh, you guys. It's like I'm watching. I'm watching a Neil Simon production. You know, just <laughs> so fucking witty and shit. Uh, also, <laughs> strike out. <laughs> uh, striker having his own face on the back of his gear. He's quite. He's fine until it starts bunching up into his hole. So it looks like his own ass is devouring his face. He won't fix it. It's like he's got that Ahmed Johnson problem. Yes. <laughs> his he's ass is turning face going on. on. <laughs> um, Balls wins. That's kind of good. But he wins on a spine buster, not his actual finisher. He tries to do a one-armed comeback. It doesn't work. Um, this is this is a two. This is okay. It's not it's not even good filler. All right, Jason, how close are, are, are over under two? Are are, are you going to go under two for this? I'm curious. Under two minutes, probably. Um, I I thought that the uh, extreme rules was really a great idea. Um, where it's extreme rules, Matt. We're going to extremely enforce the rules. So with the no hair pulling, no eye gouging, no top rope, no foul language, does that mean everything else is legal? <laughs> yes. I mean, these are the only four things. So chairs, chairs are fine, which I figure will work great for Balls. He should have hit him, and that, that would have been funny if Balls pulls out the chair and Stryker's like, no, I said extreme rules, and the ref just lets Balls hit him because he never said no chairs. But um, whatever. I like the will you hit it too, the... Matt Stryker's introduction is he's a former social studies teacher. 
I think that's really funny. That's going to get people to really just view. Um, unfortunately, it got people to just give him crickets because, you know, it's Georgia. Social studies. What are that? Um, what are that? <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Thank you for catching that. I didn't want to have no, to pull no, Joey Styles and tell you it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that actually is funny. What are that, yeah. man? Yeah. What are that? Um, at some point, Joey has to explain to Taz how gimmicks work. Because Taz goes, who is Stryker? Who does he think he is to make up rules? Who is he? He's a nobody. And then Joey just goes, that's the point. <laughs> I just thought that was uh, that was great. I give this match to you. Those are the only notes I have on it. Like I was just like so bored with this. Yeah. Uh, you know, two things you can tell it's 2006 because... This is how we're going to get heat. We're going to make a guy who's going to, you know, be a smart, quote-unquote smart guy. He's going to come out there and talk down to the fans. And we're going to make him a little effeminate. You know what? There yeah. you go. I I absolutely love that that's what they did with this guy. Like This is how we're really going to ensure that you get heat. All right? Pink sweater. Put it on. <laughs> put, it, put it on. And, and put it on over speckled. Very short, tight, my friend. I was thinking, can you imagine Vince like, put it on, put on the sweater? <laughs> my hands. All right, I want to bring my sweater. I wanted to bring Your that balls. up because, real quick, I just want to throw out um, Henry from the Ride of Tupac got married yesterday. So, congratulations oh, to him. Congratulations. I saw one of the pictures from the wedding, and I'm not kidding you. He is walking out, he is walking back up the aisle with his wife, and he's looking down at his hand, and I immediately captioned it. I did it, I was like, this, uh-huh. The success of this marriage lies in Charlie. My <laughs> it was per- And then, to cap it off, like, this is how you know Henry is a wrestling podcaster. The last image of him going up the aisle, he's got his fist up like The Undertaker. Yeah! It's, it's great! <laughs> I hope that doesn't mean he'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> he takes off the tux and leaves it at the altar. <laughs> <laughs> It's a rental. It's, no. <laughs> it's still on the fifty-yard line to this day. I just, I just wanted to put that out there. Like, I, I think you guys are right. Like, when it comes to this, like this type of match, like it, it, we see it periodically. Like, I remember Steve Austin was in a match with Chris Benoit, where it was like it had to be a wrestling match. So, like, periodically, the SmackDown match. Yeah, I think it was. Or it was something. That's like, a classic. It, it was, and um, and they're fun because inevitably, you know that whoever. The heel is who says, you know, we're going to do this under these set of rules. They're going to be the first ones to break them. It always happens. It's just, man, this is, there's just nothing exciting here whatsoever. They don't really take it to any kind of exciting place. And the sky high spine buster he gives them at the end is so anticlimactic. And I bless Ball's heart. Like he tries to really sell that his arm is hurt so that like, you know, it's, it's, he's really trying to, you know, get some, uh, get some good baby face pops from the crowd because he's, he's heating up. With just one arm, but the crowd just doesn't care. They don't well, care. Stryker has a moment where he, just a moment where he forgets which army hurt. Oh, yep, you're um, right. That, which is one of my favorite wrestling inconsistencies. And like, oh my god, you just started working on it. You've already forgotten. I remember I was I was in a match once where I accidentally started attacking the. I I was doing an elbow drop to the leg and I did it to the wrong leg. So then I just started hitting both of them just consecutively. Go for both of them. Just that's the best that was that was the yeah. It was, I was like ah oh, f it. You know what? I'm tired. I'm gonna just take out both. This he ain't driving home. He ain't going to the IHOP. You ain't going to the IHOP later for the after party. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> uh, uh. 
All right, it's two, uh, two for me as well. It's terrible. It's, it's unfortunately pretty terrible. Otherwise, because like uh, b- both guys are pretty not. I, I don't think Matt Stryker's a bad worker. It's just this is just not very good. It's not very fun. There's nothing fun about this whatsoever. Two. So, uh, I one of my favorite things in all of wrestling is when we cut to a wrestler who's warming up and we see CM Punk shadow boxing somewhere. Here, I'm just his first to see him. <laughs> yeah, it's his first official appearance on the podcast. Yeah. Why yeah. is it marred in this very, shit? Very sad. It's this fucking show. <laughs> but yeah, it's great to see CM Punk. Like it's just like, oh, there's one of my guys. And then the card get here's. Before we go on, we must also say this is two weeks off of the Survivor Series, which is one of my favorite things ever. When uh-huh. Triple H gets incredibly butt hurt when Punk gets a bigger reaction than him. That's right, because that was in Philly. Was that oh, Philly? Was that, right? that was in Philly, yeah. I think. Right. That was yeah. the the burial of Mike Knox. Did you? Yes. I yes, it was a it was a Survivor Series match, and I think it was the Hardys, CM Punk, and DX against I some I forgot who they were up against, but the team had Mike Knox on them, and Kelly was, Kelly. I think it was Alton and fucking. Edge. Oh, it was RKO. It was team. I think. Or wait. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll look. Go ahead. Keep talking though, Jason. But the uh, but. Kelly Kelly's still with Mike Knox at this point. And so she comes up and she gets on the ring and starts to do her thing. And so this is DX Triple H. So he's all like doing the motion, show them titties, blah, blah, blah. And here comes Mike Knox to pull her out of the way. The bell rings. Shawn Michaels super kicks Mike Knox and pins him four seconds into this match. And they get up and you can clearly see Triple H go, who the hell was that? And Shawn Michaels goes, I don't know. And I was, yeah. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I was that, like, that dude's... Classic. That, that was Edge, Randy Orton, Mike Knox, Johnny Nitro, and Gregory Helms. Man. Helms was on the team? Helms yeah. has an amazing run, uh, to be honest, during this time yeah. period as the light heavyweight champion for WWE. He is really good in this. He's Gregory Helms here? He's not the Hurricane? No. No, he is, uh, yeah. uh-uh, he is Gregory Helms. Yeah, man. It's good. It's really good stuff. Oh, no, I love the guy. Like, that was one of those things, man. If you go back to season one that I remember, he was just starting to really grow on us. <clears throat> yeah. Right at the end. Like, he was becoming like the Shawn Michaels of WCW, basically. And, and then the company, the company went up and bellied up and yeah. died. Speaking of belly up and dying, Sabu is left unconscious. (laughs) I mean, dude, I love this. The crowd is immediately on top of it. Bullshit. Like, like this reminded me of uh, Austin at Survivor Series '99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, we came here for him, you motherfuckers. Yep, yep. One of the best parts is Paul Heyman's reaction when he walks over. He goes. Like you see Sabu laid out and Paul's like, oh, oh, oh no. I like like and it was so <laughs> I love it. Sabu's unresponsive. EM, he could be oh, dead. The EMT, the EMT and Paul Heyman's like, dead. he's in the main event. <laughs> you, you can't do this. Is one of my, he goes, he's laying there, and the EMT takes his moment and looks dead in the camera and just goes, still unresponsive. And then cue the MASH theme song and it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> um so that's now going to be a that'll be a new storyline thread is what's going to happen with Sabu and his spot in the uh, main event. So stay tuned; it's going to be uh, thrilling. So now he probably took himself out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, he, he saw the writing on the wall. 
<laughs> he German suplexed himself and broke his own neck. <laughs> <laughs> he threw himself off the chamber. <laughs> it is very reminiscent of the early ECW pay-per-views because shit like that happened all the time. Who's going to be in the main event? Who? Someone's getting taken out early and... Sandman's driving around Florida in a fucking ambulance. So. <laughs> With a helicopter hot on the trail. <laughs> so now we go to... Uh, wow. We go to the ring for a tag match here. We've got Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai taking on the full-blooded Italians who have uh, Trinity uh, as their valet. So, uh, Martin, this, in, this one's yours, pal. Have a good time. Dear God, what is Trinity not wearing? (laughs) Charlie, you done? (laughs) I will be by the time you get to my uh, take on that. (laughs) What an improvement over Sal. Like, I must say. (laughs) They come out and Guido's still on her shoulders. (laughs) I... (laughs) I immediately... Googled this chick. I was like, who is this? Like, I have never seen her in my life. I think this is uh, a one and done uh, WWE uh, pay per views. Um, <laughs> I do like Burke and Turkai's matching um, uh, tracksuits. It does make them look like the German um, uh, Olympic team. Um, as far as this match goes, there is very little to it. <laughs> I have very little notes. Um, the FBI are treated like jobbers. Fair enough. You know, let's see if we can put these guys over strong. <laughs> Takai just does, you know, like power shit. And he does big show spots, but to no reaction because the crowd don't give a shit about him. Um, oh, he gets a reaction. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you, still you, you still suck. You still suck, yeah. Um, fair play to Guido, because he bumps like a boss for Takai. Um, Mamaluke and Burke have some nice exchanges. But that's pretty much it. And then, you know, Black Pope, or the artist that would be the Black Pope, which was a much better gimmick. Um, yes. Hits the the stroke, fucking Jeff Jarrett's finisher, and wins. And then afterwards, Takai hits a muscle buster, because TNA, apparently. All right. What do you that's, that's, <laughs> I, I, despite its brevity, I actually gave this a four because it wasn't as offensive as anything that had come before. Uh, Charlie, how, uh, I'm sorry, Jason, how about you? Yeah, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you still need a couple more minutes with Trinity. Huh? I do. Hold on. I'm not done yet. Hold on. Goddamn. <laughs> so, Deborah. <laughs> Deborah. Oh, uh, does that mean you're smacking it a little bit? Never mind. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that got, was your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got uh, the FBI. So Guido is in a match, and yep. there's no Tajiri, and there's no, no super. super yes. Where <laughs> yes. were you when the streak was broken? Googling <laughs> <laughs> mean, Trinity. <laughs> no shit. Um, so. You know, this, uh, I, I have literally nothing on this match other than we get a Sabu glues up his own injuries comment. Yes. 
Taz yep. and Joey, because I think they're still trying to put him over because they don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know. Um, and it just my question is, is the ref in this match a Make-A-Wish kid? Because that guy... <laughs> my God, Jason. Jesus Christ. He is so... I don't know. I've never seen before. I don't remember seeing this guy again. He's not really good at his job. True, he's kind of got won, a shit show back. <laughs> oh, he won. John Cena's going to visit him real soon. Um, but, uh, My God. Elijah Burke. <laughs> Elijah Burke you Maybe, I don't know if we can release this episode. Uh, <laughs> well, we got Charlie Gibson over there. You know? <laughs> Damn. Did you just throw out some racial slurs at the end just to... Uh, no, because I've, I've been playing La Noir recently, so I've got like a ton of forties um, insults all ready to go. Yeah, yeah, man, good game. Yeah, Art, continue, Arthur Ravenel, with your uh, dissertation. Apparently, the... <laughs> <laughs> on this guy. Oh man, so uh... Arthur Ravenel, <laughs> man, what a what a local joke. I know. <laughs> Only you and me are going to get that shit. Well, Jason, too. He lives in the state. Well, he... well, in the state, but like in Charleston in particular. Yeah. Arthur Avenel's Google search is going to go up like a billion. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bridge. <laughs> and it's the bridge from Die Hard 3? Well, <laughs> it used to be. <laughs> it used well, to be. Yeah. Uh, it'll always be the Die Hard 3 bridge. <laughs> there you go. Forever and ever. Um, I mean, luckily for for us, this match doesn't uh, doesn't go on too long. This match gets a three. Trinity's wedgie gets an eight. <laughs> uh, Charlie, uh, are you ready? I got a light one here. Hold on. I was gonna say we hear you vaping. Mm-mm. It's not vape. It's pure cigarettes. This this got me right back into cigarettes. Like, uh, wow. Like, it's it's that bad. But hopefully this is the last pack. A um, couple of things. I find it very odd that Taz is so concerned about Sabu to the point to where he's actually interrupting Joey Styles' commentary to mention just how concerned he actually is about Sabu. And it's 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 just fucking weird. I love Trinity's outfit. I love uh, divas or women who would wear outfits like this because it looks like the back of Hulk Hogan's shirt, but it's everywhere. <laughs> Do you really want to be thinking about Hulk Hogan when you're seeing that? Yeah, brother. What do you think about? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's some thunder in paradise, all right. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, The one thing about Trinity that's kind of a downer uh, is, as soon as she came out, I was like, holy shit. And my eyes just immediately went to her. But then I, I, I didn't think about the repercussions of what her being out there could mean. And that would be that Taz is just insufferable. Like through this entire, he is fucking useless. If there's a woman at ringside, and not even like Jerry, I, I keep going back to Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler had a way of making this hysterical. Like just, mm-hmm. the, just the weird little comments he'd make. Because I think I honestly think Jerry Lawler either a had a team of writers or he would prepare for this long before uh, the show would actually happen. Like, so you're saying he's either really lazy. Or he's really prepared. He's really good. <laughs> There's no in between. It's a one or a ten. I can't decide. Well, I always remember that midget match from uh, Royal Rumble 97 
And Jerry Lawler was just firing this shit off. And it's one of yes. the funniest matches ever. And Jim Ross finally just gives up and he goes, was it a long plane ride? And he goes, yeah, it was pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. There is a moment on the commentary where what, 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 what? <laughs> Bro, Elijah, I can't because Elijah Burke, ta- he, I'm sorry. He tags Turkey. <laughs> he tags Turkey into the match. And, and Taz almost calls him Man Bear Pig. Like, yes. He goes, Oh, he just tagged the Man Bear. And I'm like, Pig? Like, please don't call him that. Um, my favorite moment of the match by far. And this is probably my favorite. Taz actually just outed himself as not very intelligent is that Taz doesn't understand what a rhetorical question is. Yes. Um, he, so, so the way this works, cause I actually had to rewind it to get the whole breakdown of how this, of how this exchange happened with him and Joey styles. Taz asks a rhetorical question on the name of a move. The move turned out to be the muscle buster. Um, and it, it, he's like, Oh, what's it? I was like, Oh, what is that move? And Joey Styles goes, Oh, it's a muscle buster. I think. And then, and then Taz has probably the quote of the night, unless I find another one in my notes later on. But he goes, well, it was a rhetorical question, Joey. Well, I don't like rhetorical things. And, <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you asked it. You, you acknowledge what it is. And then you say you don't even like it. Like, it's so He, he has bad. heard... Yeah, he has heard of the term rhetorical question, but he doesn't know what it is. Can we also say, he looks so bad with sunglasses on indoors. He looks <laughs> dumb. Well, it's Such the old, an asshole. It's, yeah. it's the old Larry David line from Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's only two kinds of people that wear sunglasses indoors. Blind people and assholes. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and Taz is definitely the latter in this, in this scenario. Uh, it, I'm with Jason. The one thing that I was really grabbing onto, other than Trinity, was that, yes, we get to finally see the FBI take on somebody that's not super crazy in Tajiri. But after this match, I long for super crazy in Tajiri. <laughs> like, what, what's that song? What? You don't know what you got till it's gone. Cinderella, baby, yeah! <laughs> yeah! No, this match is... Oh, man, it's the drizzling shits once again. And uh, it's up there for worst tag match of the night. But that first one is still just digging in my craw. I give this a three. Okay. I, one, I heard this on Place to Be Nation. They, did a, they, did, they broke this down probably about a couple years ago now when they were going through every WWE pay-per-view ever. One point they made, and I thought about as I watched this, it feels like the Elijah Burke-Turkai uh, dynamic should be reversed to where Turkai is like the main guy. And Elijah Burke is the backup just because it seems a little weird. Like it, it, it seems like it would work so much better if it was reversed. Cause I'll be honest, that guy could, if Rusev light, you know, if they actually like, you know, put some yeah. work into him, he'd be, unfortunately he's not going to be around very, <laughs> he may be gone by the end of the night. I'm not sure exactly. He truly what. is a Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was, um, Cause he, he was one of those like, Sort of big in Japan guys, where he did like a Bruiser Brody style gimmick called the Predator. Um, okay, there we go. Because <laughs> he, he had some legit fight experience in like uh, K1, you know, mixed martial arts. Vince suddenly thought that this guy was going to be like 
like Ken Shamrock or something. So <laughs> the best mid Carter ever. <laughs> but so I, he's yeah. going to be like Ken Shamrock, so we make him a second to an annoying guy on our shitty program. Exactly. It's like just I, I'm the, with, the simple fact I'm, of just having him doesn't mean he's going to be a big star. You need to kind of work at it. Right, and I'm with Martin too, though. Like Elijah Burke, I never thought anything of him from his WWE days, from what I saw. But from his TNA stuff, that guy was good. Yeah, I, I, I I've yeah, always liked sure. the Pope. I love that character. That's one of TNA's best creations. So I, so I give Elijah Burke a little bit of credit here. It's I, I have actually no notes about this match. I have nothing to really. Uh, I have nothing to. <laughs> gi- I have nothing to give this because it was just like it. It it was as bland as it gets. Um, I, I have to give it. I, I'm sticking with a two. Like it, there's just nothing here. There's nothing here to really gravitate towards. It was okay. the gas station sandwich of wrestling matches. Nothing to. <laughs> I mean, I'll eat. So does that it. make the main event the gas station sushi of wrestling? Yes. You're gonna regret oh. it. The uh, the petrol station hot dog I once had that almost landed me in hospital. <laughs> So what's funny is we go from the previous backstage segment was Sabu's down. Paul Heyman is reacting like Steve Austin in the movie Damage to a Suicide. It's we, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> we go we go from that now to Sabu is still getting get still getting put into the ambulance. Now we have RVD and Punk having to sell like oh man, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen here, Punk's pal? Like, Why do I care? <laughs> yeah, it's like wow, much concern. <laughs> it, it it it's the it's a pretty bad bad selling there because I, I don't believe either one of them really that concerned by the look on their faces. Yeah, not even Rob Van Dam, his former tag team partner of a very long time. He's just like, oh, oh, fuck, fuck, no, oh, <laughs> great. Did you guys ever see uh, just the, when you're talking about bad acting? The I I really liked the old Hercules show with Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> and there was just this is going. There's just this where they did this whole evil version of Hercules. It would come out, and in some stage directions in the script, it had for Kevin for him to emote disappointment. Oh, disappointed! Be, yeah, yeah, I was disappointed. Where he yells disappointed, and they just <laughs> went with the take instead. There's like that's pretty good. <laughs> it was just awesome. It's, it's just they're but they're like we want you to look concerned and they're clearly going but they're barely just going look concerned is what they should have said. It's like the woman. It's like the woman that goes oh god in the chestburster scene in the first Alien movie. <laughs> well, that oh was- uh, yeah, uh, Cartwright. Yeah, her, yeah. Her re- which is a legitimate reaction. Yes. Uh, she, yeah. she had no <laughs> idea that they were going to do that, which which makes that scene so much more horrifying. Yeah. Um, all right, so a chestburster would have improved this next match, too. We've got Davari with the Great Kali taking on Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> all right, Jason, right back up to top here. Uh, take it away. You sure you don't want to take this one? <laughs> but it's okay. Karma's a bitch. I'll, I'll take Davari with the Great Kali versus Tommy Dreamer. Um Shouldn't it this been the Great Kali versus Tommy Dreamer? Yes, yes. and it kind you know, of was. That, that, but I mean, that, <laughs> 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 but, you know, like like Tommy's he's supposed to be the face of ECFNW, and he's wrestling 
the site, the the manager of the Great Kali, which I know Davari was still kind of around from what's his face, so they had to find something for him to do. But uh, they spend this entire match questioning who hurt Sabu, while yeah, the yep. rest of the crowd takes this entire match to take a piss and grab a sandwich. Because um, there is barely any crowd reaction. To this. I mean, and it's speaking, great- speaking of which, I'll be back in a sec. <laughs> sure. Uh, that's the thing is, even though the great Kali sucks, he's still a physically imposing dude. Like that's something you get when you see, and you're just like, Jesus, that's a big dude. Um, so it's just it. But one thing I think is cool is Tommy Dreamer doesn't know how to land on mats if they're not in New York because he gets tossed out the ring and just lands really awkwardly. And it's just like, oh, wait a minute, they're in Augusta, Georgia. Why is the Augusta, Georgia State Athletic Commission making them have mats? Because they're not bringing that up. Um, Crowd seems to get really upset that there's this is not a hardcore match because when Tommy Dreamer comes out, the few people at ringside pull out weapons. There's dude offering him crutches. There's a guy that brought a cheese grater, and this match stays in the ring. Um, this is just this is shit. I mean, the match with Tommy Dreamer doesn't get racked. Tommy Dreamer doesn't bleed. Um, just the match ends with a roll up. And yeah, but there is one staple of Tommy Dreamer matches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll let that go. Um, and then at the end, where Davari walks away all disheveled uh, and goes up, the Great Kali comes out and you know destroys Tommy Dreamer's kidneys and lower back, um, which is cool because Tommy's laying there whispering, "I can't feel my feet." Yes. And Saz and Joey both go into the Owen Hart voice. Yeah! Yeah, I yeah. wrote that too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They go into the Owen Hart voice. They're not in the Owen Hart voice about the guy who's in the back mysteriously hurt. It's all like, maybe it was CM Punk who did it. Or maybe it was Rob Van Dam. Maybe it was me. <laughs> um, I know it's probably the best worst has impression ever, but it was just annoying. Maybe it was like, Medi- Maybe it was Medicaid who did it to him. <laughs> 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 Sat who doing life alert commercials in 2018. <laughs> 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 Help, I did an Arabian face buster and I can't get up. Um, <laughs> but this is, uh, I mean, this was bad. Like, even compared to the last match that didn't, I mean, like, the last match was like, uh, but it's a bunch of people other than the FBI you don't care about. Here you got, I mean, it's the great Kali and Tommy Dreamer, the face of ECW, and this is boring as shit. I give this match a one. Oh, somebody broke it out. There's the right. one. There's the first one. Char- Charlie, please get into how stupid Tommy Dreamer is in this match, because I can't. <laughs> He's an idiot. <laughs> how could he not bring backup? Like... <laughs> So he comes out to the ring. He's gonna come out with Eula. It's well, oh god. Oh that would oh that would have been so good. But I think she's still out from the from the edge spear from uh, yes. one night stand. Um, it wasn't until the bell rang that I I knew for sure what this match was because the whole time they're talking up Great Kali like he just murdered the Undertaker and just he's a monster of a man. He's not wrestling though. He's no. He's gonna be outside the ring. Yeah. And he's gonna fight Davari with, and I, I I put it up on Twitter, but it has to be mentioned. It is the worst fucking Titantron video I think I've ever seen. Because <laughs> uh, at least Luke Harper's is ten seconds long. This is a three second loop of he's got crazy eyes. 
he just, it, which he doesn't. He doesn't have weird eyes or anything. Like, like, or maybe it's shifty. He's a foreigner, you know. Yes. Yeah, his, yeah. Name, his name's Davari. Yeah, like, it's just his eyes and Davari. You know, just, what, what the fuck is a Davari anyway? <laughs> and you got the, this recruitment video music playing. Yeah, that music is so stereotyped, right. and it's not trying to make a joke. It's just because that's such a bad stereotype music. It, it's a WWE thing. It's just it's just what they do, and they just got, you just got to learn to deal with it. And you hope you hope eventually they're going to learn their lesson with it. But no, it, like they still do this shit, like uh, with uh, John Cena and Rusev at uh, Battleground. You know, like they they still do this kind of fucking shit. Uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Tommy Dreamer deserves better. He just <laughs> does. Yeah, I even felt bad for Tommy Dreamer. I'm like, you're going to put this guy over in this bullshit match. And Tommy Dreamer is one of those guys that just seems that is untouchable. He can lose a million matches, and it's still going to mean something like, to the guy that wins. He's, he's kind of like the ECW version of Chris Jericho. You know, when, when Jericho <laughs> would came back like around WrestleMania 28, and he just lost everything he ever was in. You know, it, 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 it's kind of that level of frustration, but it's Tommy Dreamer. And so Great Khali gets kicked out of the match. And then Great Khali just shows up. And I mean, that that slam he does to Tommy Dreamer on the ring apron is just awful looking. Yeah. Like, and, and they replay it to death. Like they replay it so much. And it's like, man, he might really be hurt. Like, I actually feel bad for Tommy having to put up with this kind of bullshit. Uh, the Owen Hart voice is maddening uh, for, for this match. Like, for this? Yeah. Really? Like, this is bullshit. Tommy Dreamer doesn't break out really any of his uh, moves. You know, his, his four or five signatures that he has. There's no Dreamer driver. You know, there's, there's, there's no Tommy Hawk. <laughs> which, that's, which that's probably a blessing at this point. But no, there's, he doesn't get a DDT. This is a really truly dog shit of a match. Uh, I, I give this a two. All right, Martin. Uh, yeah, the, uh, it turns out that without a million run-ins, without weapons, without a fan base that is passionately behind everything he does, Tommy Dreamer is actually turns out to be kind of shit. <laughs> um, yep. he's, he's less than zero in this. He's, he's nothing, and Devari's not much better. The The biggest star is the is the tall dude at the the back <laughs> it's uh, this just this this exists this has taken up space in my brain and i'm almost resentful for it <laughs> <laughs> um one thing i do I, I, I this is this is classic wwe you know just there's america and then there's foreign uh, the great Kali from india um, Davari's character supposedly like you know sort of Persian Middle Eastern. It's like they're not the same WWE. <laughs> they right. speak a different language. Um, that it's, it's just one of those. It's like oh for God's sake, just think about it for a sec. Um, yeah, the I can't feel my feet. The the tree slam looked awful in kind of the right way. You know, it's it's the kind of thing. Yep, you know, Dream's probably going to be, you know. Uh, Shit in blood for a few uh, a few days. Eat beets. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, uh, during the million replays of it, you uh, if, again listening through um, headphones, you can hear one guy in the crowd scream, "This is next stream. It's entertainment." I wrote that. <laughs> I heard that. It's good stuff. 
Um, yeah, this this for for that comment, this gets a two. <laughs> That's it. That adds a point. <laughs> I, Super cynical I, fan. The the finish of this is uh, it just I, I I love when wrestlers are this stupid where it's like ah, I'm looking for that DDT. Oh wait, what what is that? He schoolboyed me. And then like if you're gonna do the pull the tights. You better grab a handful of tights to really sell that you are cheating. Instead, it's like barely this guy gets a handful of the windbreaker pants, and that's it, man. Like, wow. This is... Yeah. yeah. And he shakes it. He just grabs his belt loop and shakes it. Yeah. There's, there, it's, it doesn't really sell that this guy, other than, you know, we played the stereotypical Middle Eastern music that he's a heel. It's like, eh. And the other thing is, too, is like, it's... The whole thing that's so lost on this, and it's lost in this entire run of ECW, is that there's nothing, there's nothing really extreme about anything in this. Like even the beginning, no. like one thing we I was thinking about in the beginning, Matt. Like the first thing I noticed that tag match was like, oh, so we are doing the tag thing. Oh, that's no good. Like we're actually gonna, we're gonna do that. Oh, the refs have black shirts on. Oh, okay, that's cute. All right, I'll sell some apparel, I guess, somewhere. But yeah. The, it is. Uh, it, it, I again. I have very little to say about this. I think I have more to say about that choke slam uh, than anything. So two is as good as I can give it for this one. So, all right. With that one in the books, now we go to the back where Paul Heyman happens upon a fully dressed and ready to go hardcore Holly. And cool. Uh, he, he tells Holly that he is going to be the replacement in the chamber match. And the crowd boos immediately. <laughs> yeah. How do you like me now? Mm, they don't. Not much. Nope. Yeah. So then, now we're going to go to the ring. And Charlie, I'm interested how excited you are about this one now. Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly taking on Kevin Thorne and Ariel. Well, it's like they looked at Tommy Dreamer and Davari and said, You call that sucking? Uh, because here it is the worst match of the night by far so kelly kelly comes out and says i want to wish cm punk good yeah 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 i i I really i i don't care about the storyline whatsoever (laughs) i love i love kevin thorne i forgot about this guy i forgot about him so he has a vampirism gimmick and Which is fine. I think that's interesting, especially for the Sci-Fi Network. That seems to fit that. However, yeah. his name is Kevin. <laughs> Kevin the Vampire. <laughs> Kevin the Vampire. I'm like, when I hear Kevin, I'm like, oh yeah, the, the kid that stopped the burglars in Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> this is Kevin the Vampire with ridiculous facial hair. Um, man, it's just, who, who's this Ariel? Like, with her ass just all over the place, and like anytime you ever hear the crowd react, it's because Ariel's ass is facing them. Yep, it's 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 unreal how awful this is, and and that anyone would book this match as a good idea. I also love too. I love these stupid post '90s mixed gender tag matches where you got two guys in the ring, and then the, one of the guys tags the girl. And then the ref's like, nope, now you have to tag your... I love this. It's it's like, like, why? why? (laughs) Just get out of the ring. No, no, no. You know what? Before you... Fucking waffle. (laughs) Just fucking... You got five seconds. 
No, yeah, exactly. It's like, man, fucking just big booter right in the tit. Charlie, did you <laughs> notice my favorite moment of this match? Uh, and I, did you notice it like when, when Ariel boots Kelly Kelly in the gut and she just is obliterated? No, she crumples. She crumples. It's so funny because, man, Kelly Kelly, man, she's hot as hell, but she sucks. Like, I never, I never liked her. I never liked it. For, oh, she's so nice. They named her twice. Like, I remember they used to say that. And I'm like, off. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not doing this. I just fucking hate WWE sometimes. And Kelly Kelly is so terrible. She's she's so clearly a model who was using WWE to get into uh, modeling. Like, that's, that's the way it, it always appeared to me. She had... She got better over time, as I as I recall. But she's she's still just shit here. And and Mike Knox, who I have vague memories of, and mainly with longer hair, uh, there is nothing about his physical shape that looks even remotely correct. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to me, like everything about him is is a fucking enigma. I'm, I'm just looking at him. I'm like, I mean, it looks the like the uncharismatic enigma, Mike Knox. The, yeah, it's like that. It's like someone took like the old Jacks WWF figures and just ripped the head off, ripped the body off, ripped the legs off, and just built their own. And it's like, well, who's this asshole? You know, it, it just I, I I don't I I don't care for this Kevin Thorne. I mean, man, he looks like a villain out of some mystery science theater movie. Uh, like he just he just doesn't look right. He just like the character, uh, the costume's okay, but it's just the, whatever's going on with his face and his head. And I, I I don't know. It's like like a vampirism gimmick. I mean I mean even Vampiro. I'm not 100 percent sure that was vampirism gimmick. But Vampiro, even through all that shit in season one, Vampiro was cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like he had an aura about him that was very interesting. And and I really I really liked him. I and I still do to this day. But this guy, Kevin Thorne, you know, it's like like you got half the names right. I, I I can't get past the Kevin. And then Mike Knox. How did this fucking thing end? Somebody tell me. <laughs> the the um the main crux was that Mike Knox did the old um Rick Martell strike force breakup by Jumping down from the apron as Kelly was yep. going for a tag and yeah. leaving. But and the then, difference um, is, the difference is, the strike force one that actually gets me a little emotional. <laughs> yes, yeah. This like, for whatever reason. Like, I, I, this, I was using that using that in name only. I'm not prescribing its emotional content. But that's onto the this. first time I remember that too. So, so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Who the fuck could boo Mike Knox for leaving? <laughs> like, 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 just, just, just from a booking standpoint alone, that should be enough. But so you got this girl. How the fuck Mike Knox landed a girl that looks like Kelly? I have no idea. But th- and then she comes out and starts like professing her her love for CM Punk. Yeah, I'd fucking leave her high and dry too. Who's gonna boo this guy? Like, how is he the heel here? She sucks. Like this, this match is the <laughs> fucking worst. I give this a one. There it is. The, the, the greatest one I think I've ever seen. Like, this is top of the line, one star out of ten. <laughs> Martin, take it away, man. Um, the first thing about this is quite funny. Um, as Kelly is making her way to the ring, there is a guy in a red shirt 
just at the corner of the entrance ramp, holding his hand out in the vain attempt that she will brush against it. <laughs> and he looks so disappointed as she just doesn't go near him. <laughs> My That's... one shot. And I yeah. Um, yeah, Kevin Thorne's kind of a, a weird one because I like Kevin Thorne, but I like his previous incarnation as Mordecai. Oh, was... that's Mordecai? Yes, it is. Oh, I like Mordecai. Fuck, yeah, really? the, the anti-Undertaker. <laughs> that was... Oh, man. That, I promise. Okay. All right. But then WWE did what WWE does and got rid of it. So, yeah, that is him. It's just, yeah, because his real name, I think, is Kevin Fertig or something like that. So, but... so they get rid of the last name but keep the first? <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> um... What we have here is a heel and a heel versus a heel and a face, and it's the two it's two of the heels that do most of the the wrestling. It fucking sucks. Oh. <laughs> Afterwards, yeah, after Mark Knox decides to leave, because there's nothing in this match. There is n- there is an absence of of action. Um. Ariel hits an incredibly terrible uh, STO, um, but then sits on Kelly's face to pin her. So someone had a good night. Quit Um, bragging, Martin. (laughs) This, this, oh, fucking terrible. This, this, this has to be the, the, the match that I give the one to. It's, it's just beyond terrible. Yeah. Yep. Well said. Jason, I'm interested. Are you going to continue the trend? Are we going to get three with three? Four ones? Oh, is it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible, Jason? Is it possible? God damn it. Uh, I, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little torn. Uh, no, I'm not torn at all. Um, I figured I'd. Are you a little thorn? I knew uh, it was coming. Match. <laughs> is really really bad and when i was writing my notes originally and i gave the previous match a one and then this match happens and i'm like (laughs) maybe that match wasn't so bad (laughs) (laughs) it makes you reevaluate your life doesn't it this match made me miss my kidney stone um (laughs) and it's uh it, it, it was bad. Um, the, the highlight is Mike Knox, Sid Justice, and Kelly Kelly, and refusing to tag in. Um, Everyone has their own interpretation. Yeah, so, oh, strike for no, Sid like, Justice. And you know. it, it, it's really funny. Um, Kelly Kelly, like Kelly Kelly and Ariel on the, the ring apron, they don't know what to do to get the crowd hyped. Kelly Kelly doesn't yeah. stop bouncing. Ariel doesn't stop bending over the various ropes um, and and looking things up. And Kelly Kelly, you know, we all know that she went on to, to be around for a few years and, and pop up. And poor old Ariel uh, popped up in TNA, but she also does fetish videos, Charlie. Googling later. <laughs> uh, cigar smoking fetish videos. Oh yeah, <laughs> topless cigar smoking fetish videos. It's just like, we 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 get it. We get it, man. We get it. Uh, <laughs> we're doing my. I'm driving high. Fetish boring videos. it is. Yes, how boring! It's an hour and a half 
of two girls with no tops on smoking cigars in black and white with some avant-garde shit playing. I'm like, this is the second most pretentious thing I've ever seen. Do um, you smell each other or nothing? No, nah, it's just... <laughs> what are you doing? We're, we're, we're reviewing those next, right? We're, we're doing those for episode 100. <laughs> episode 100. Fuck that TNA shit. <laughs> but, uh... It's sensual, it was, not sexual. God dang. <laughs> it was just... Uh, I don't know. It's like the... the Kelly, when Kelly Kelly and Ariel finally get in the ring and Ariel stomps on Kelly Kelly when she's on the ground, it doesn't look like she pulls back. Uh, where she puts Kelly Kelly through the rope where it looks like she's going to do the whole Seamus thing and start beating her chest. Kelly Kelly's fighting her and she bends kind of awkwardly and she screams. And it's not like the selling scream. It's like she someone she had never wrestled before. And no one told her it was going to hurt a little. Yeah. Uh, it was just really bad. And this, I mean, the crowd, you know, those front row guys are getting their money's worth with the uh, big Kevin Nash leg choke spot from Ariel. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, and that's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Taz the, loved that. The yeah. director, the director has a weird moment. It's like, do we focus on it? Do we not? Because there's a series of quick cuts. <laughs> oh, no one's watching. Let's put it on there anyway. <laughs> Our virus. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, it's like they're getting the the looking at the live buy rate coming in. They're going, what do we what do we got? Eighty, ninety, right? Fine on on screen. Nobody's going to see a this. live buy rate, like it's uh <laughs> like the way it works in the Rollerball movie. Yes, <laughs> well, the ratings went up when we killed that guy. How the fuck could you know that? <laughs> <laughs> well, remember when Regal was the the GM of Raw and the King of the Ring, so he's the most powerful entity in WWE. Yes. And Vince fires and Vince is like, we're getting the minute-to-minute ratings, and the ratings always drop when you pop up. You're fired. It was just, you're, what? There's like a ticker. They got the old-timey 1920 stock ticker in the back with the ratings. Well, we've lost all of Omaha, Nebraska. It's time to fire this guy. Um, <laughs> yes, this match gets a one. This match gets a one. Oh. Next gets a one, too. Nice. Okay. Uh, the Sandman, by the way, let's we might as well bring that up. Sandman um, appears in this match at the end. Sure, are, are you sure that wasn't Brewery the Vampire? <laughs> Man, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's I hate. It's not the same without the song, and that's what sucks. Sorry. It's nothing without the song. It's no, it's really bad. It's, it's awful. Yeah, so we it's get like that plan. It's like playing No Mercy when you're The Undertaker, but they couldn't get the rights to American Badass, so he just comes out to the Raw theme. Yes. And it's like, I don't ever want to be The Undertaker again. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the one where it's like the guitar riff? Yeah. No, it's a duck a duck a da 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 And he's walking out real slow, and it's like, what the hell? Um. I don't. I really can't say anything that hasn't already been said. So I'm just going to move on. It is a one. Like I, I have. Yeah! I, I give it. A... <laughs> Meet um, the new boss. This isn't this. this is, they've done this before. Remember WrestleMania 14 is the same thing. You have three heels and one face. It was Mark Marrow and Sable against Goldust and um, and Luna. Luna. And uh, it was the same thing. But like Sable had ten times the charisma that kelly kelly has and like yes, they, they they had done they had actually done like they'd spent months building the mark miro and her split like they were building that that was a good storyline yeah that i mean it really good story went to some uncomfortable places but you know hey the potato sack <laughs> <laughs> but yeah easily easily a one no doubt about it i mean it's 
the moment she kicked Kelly Kelly was the funniest thing to me in this match. Because <laughs> I'm not sure what Kelly's thought process was about what she was going to do. <laughs> she, she was going to eat any offense at all. I... <laughs> Just that moment, you, you record scratch and freeze frame, and it's like, well. <laughs> right. <laughs> you imagine I really want to be a model. And this is how I thought I could do it. You imagine Go Undertaker on right, Undertaker did one of those boots to her, like in her face. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> like the one he gave Flair at um, WrestleMania 18. Oh, or the one he gave DDP. I saw the freeze frame. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah. Who put that one up? Yeah, because yeah, I, I saw that recently and I was like, huh. That's okay. So backstage. Okay. Backstage, Rebecca. Is it? Rebecca, uh, not Daphne Du Maurier's Rebecca, but Rebecca is Rebecca with... Rebecca Di Pietro. Yes. Thanks to the guys at Weird Science for that. With... She is a, like a charisma singularity. She's... <laughs> and she's is never English... held a microphone before, but she's held is a lot English... of other things. I don't think she's ever spoken English before. <laughs> and uh, Charlie, you know something? I don't think Bobby Lashley's done a promo either ever in his life. Bobby based Lashley, on... <laughs> dude, so, man, I just want to get this out of the way real fast. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I've ever heard Bobby Lashley do a promo before. Because as soon as he started talking, I was like, you can't be serious. <laughs> <laughs> in Suburban Commando? Yes! <laughs> You're a dead man, Big Show. <laughs> it's, uh, this, is, this promo is a match between both of them who could have less charisma. And uh, I'm not Bobby sure who, I'm not sure who won. Uh, it's, it's a no contest on an ECW show. It's, it's, yeah, it's a time limit draw with no overtime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's... it's this is a pretty bad promo. It does nothing Real to Monsoon me. did not come out and go, nope, it's going to continue. <laughs> Iron Man submission match with Gor his <laughs> score. Gorilla like, threw his hands up and was like, I'm going to IHOP. I'm done. <laughs> um, oh, man. So they give us some footage. Though. They show footage of, Lash of Lashley getting one up on the big show, and then Heyman and his uh, squad, a.k.a. the Basham Brothers, um, attacking him, including Test as well, who's back and looks, wow, gas. Man, we're wow. going to talk about Test. Um, it, it's, uh, and my last one was Lashley should never talk ever again. Ever <laughs> again. Although, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so now we go to our video package for our main event. We're already, <laughs> we're already there. I can love it. Yep. Thank God. <laughs> for the Extreme Elimination Chamber match, uh, I think that now is that is that bring us to Martin for the close? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, first of all, we get uh, the hype video for the Elimination Chamber match that still has Sabu in it. Crowd do yep. not like that. <laughs> um, and then who, we who, get who are the participants? <laughs> we've got uh, we've got RVD. We've got CM Punk. Sounding all right so far. We've got Bobby Lashley, the beanie baby of WWE. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Bob Holly, Sparky Plug. We've got the biggest show. And we have 
and lastly, we have a, the returning to the podcast uh, failed steroid test. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> because he is he is big. Um, before that, however, because this show, the one thing this show is is good at is wasting everybody's time. Is we get Paul Heyman to come out to cut perhaps the most telling speech ever. <laughs> because Heyman did it at One Night Stand 05, thanking everybody you know, for the ECW, ECW up until that point. 06, he, um, he was presiding over the rebirth of it and was energised by that. This, he just wanted the ground to open up and swallow him. He... He was delivering lines that I genuinely don't think he believed in his heart. The one thing about him, and is even even if he's reading from a script, you kind of you know you can buy that he believes it. This was just him just just going through the motions. His face was betraying what he was actually feeling. He was talking about this new global brand of of ECW with the champion, the Big Show, and to cap it all off. There's a guy on caught on mic, a guy in the crowd who just continually heckles him all throughout. Dude, um, yeah, please tell me somebody wrote that down because I couldn't I couldn't keep yes, up. The best yeah. line is when when Heyman says the big show will lead ECW um, uh, into the future, the guy yells, Who's gonna retire next year? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that and that's true. I think by Rumble time show was gone. He um he was doing indie shows with Hogan. It's, Charlie, it's right up there with the guy who yells out "retire" at the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, oh no! Like after Undertaker like lost the streak, and he's just sitting there looking at Sad Taker. You can hear yeah. that one asshole who's been edited out of the network go, <laughs> "You suck." <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> retire <laughs> <laughs> that that guy and ECW guy should get together because um, I got you sold out and then I also managed to get him shouting where's the franchise yes, you, I heard really, that too. you really want Shane Douglas on this shit I was like well, no I we guess they figured after this, yeah, at this point how much worse could it get one of my yes. favorite is Paul Heyman delivers a line long after my death, ECW will live on. And some fan, and I think it's the same guy, yelled, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he yeah, Heyman's got a good line. Man. Oh, yeah, he did. I was like, uh, <laughs> this is this is kind of unsettling line here. Yes. Um, and with enough time wasted, and bear in mind this show finished something like 40 minutes earlier than the pay per view people were anticipating, they still feel the need to drag out everything because this show has no content. We The the chamber lowers to the, uh, at least on the network, it was the old cage lowering music, which is always dum, the... Dum, 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 yes. Dum, dum, dum. And then everybody takes their time coming out. Um, Big Show, Jesus Christ, Big Show looks like he's about to collapse at any moment. He is the biggest he's ever been, but all of his features kind of sunken in. It's like show's <laughs> over, folks. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> then, as my notes here, steroid test comes out. 
Punk gets a like a huge cheer when he comes out. Um, oh, I forgot to mention that this being the extreme elimination chamber, the four pods of the of the extra participants um, each have a weapon. Big Show has a uh, barbed wire bat. Test has a crowbar, which seems a bit too harsh, even for this match. Um, Punk has a chair, and uh, Bobby Lashley comes out, try- walks around to the pods, trying to look intimidating, but actually just looks terrified. That <laughs> man's face—that man's face does not match his physique. He's like got the most terrifying body in the world, and then he's got like a smiley face on top of it. It's his yes, voice. Yes, he's it, it, like staring at Punk and staring at Sean. The camera zooms in, and it's like that guy is that guy is actually more scared than everybody else here. Um, so the match start. Oh, and uh, Bobby Lashley for some reason has a table in his pod. <laughs> so that poor that poor Sandy has to share. Yeah, you know, has like a third of his pod g- given away. Um. <laughs> We uh, and the the match starts between RVD and Bob Holly, um, and then we get five minutes of stuff. Um, RVD does hit a nice rolling thunder when he goes over the top rope beautiful. onto Holly, who is on lying on the steel outside of the the elimination chamber. That fucking excellent. Take nothing away from that. Um, then Punk is the first guy out he comes with his chair again he is over like rover these fans love everything he does um one of punk's first acts is to get the chair taken away from him by rvd and then thrown into his forehead and punk just ragdolls he died at that moment i think (laughs) because he just goes um A, a monkey flip kind of goes wrong and the fans kind of don't like it. Um, RVD and Punk start doing Jerry Lynn spots, which was nice to see. I, thought, that, only... I thought the same thing. Yep. Yeah, they, they like drop onto the chair after the sweep combo. Um, and then oh, Hardcore Holly finally, finally makes his presence felt and gives Punk a giant swing into the chamber wall and then proceeds to beat the piss out of him like Hardcore Holly does. Um, <laughs> He Punk actually kind of looks like an absolute chump in this. He gets very little. Um, Test is then out with his crowbar. Um, Punk gets hit in the gut with it, and then he's, he just stabs RVD with the pointy end. <laughs> they actually mention it in commentary. Like, yeah. Did it go through him? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hope not. <laughs> and... And then the lowest point of this, the lowest show ever. RVD twats Tess with a chair. Fair enough. He hits Holly with a chair. He goes down. He then gives Punk the uh, drop kick into the chair, into the corner. And he pins. Uh, he then hits a five star and then pins CM Punk. He is out first bef- uh, before like all of the competitors are in. The crowd die at this point it's wonderful because they cheer the fact that rvd pins someone and then it's like almost a half second later they realize that it punked out and it tur- it's it's the steady cheer isn't that it into a boo isn't it kind of brilliant in a way that the two guys that were got the biggest pop and the biggest reaction 
they booked RVD to pin CM Punk. Yeah. Because if it had been anybody else that pinned him, I think the whole audience would have turned their back on him. <laughs> it, it's, it's perhaps the best of the worst possible situations. Right. It was <laughs> such a fuck you. It was such it a fuck really you. was. This the I'll save it for the wrap up, but yeah, this is a big middle finger. Um, RVD then um, <coughs> goes to climb Big Show's pod to uh, <laughs> to leap on set. Somehow, RVD's stupid baby face that he is doesn't realize that there's there's no glass on top of the pods, so Show grabs him and keeps him there until Tess can throw him off, but then in the spot of perhaps his career, Test jumps up from the top of the pod onto a chair, onto RVD. And murders. Yes, and RVD is pinned and out of the extreme elimination chamber. So we've got the fiery, young (laughs) new babyface has gone and the guy who was the centre of all of the build going into this, pretty much, because th- this was supposed to be the title shot that RVD won by beating the Big Show, but then the gimmick was that Heyman swerved him and put him in this. He's out. So now we um, oh also Holly gets eliminated by Test in the meantime, seemingly off camera. <laughs> he was actually out before RVD. But I, I couldn't even had- tell. I honestly, Martin, I thought he was still in the match at this point. I did not I know. Thought- I thought he was until I realised that he wasn't there anymore. So I can only assume that a botched two count was actually the pin. Um, so then that leaves that leaves Test on his own for a few minutes while we wait for the pods to open because this match is paced so terribly. <coughs> and then, yep, we we now get uh, Bobby Lashley's pod opens and he again looks terrified. This as a where's our refund chant starts ringing out from the fans. And it's not a, not a small portion of the audience either. It's quite a large portion of the audience. Um, Heyman's goons, the aforementioned Bashams, um, do the gimmick where they stop Lashley from getting out of his pod. So he, he takes the table and breaks the chains on the top of his pod to climb out. Just more time wasting. It's. I guess it's supposed to make Lashley look like this valiant hero. It just looks really dumb. And also, you know, so that's why he had a table, so they could do that. Um, and yeah, then, They never used the fucking thing. Not nope. really. Uh, Lashley hits Test with the crowbar, he hits a spear, and now Test is out. So now our ECW... ECW World Heavyweight title match is down to Bobby Lashley and The Big Show <laughs> because ECW um, Show's pod finally opens he's the last one because he I, I, I think if he had to do more than he did here he would actually just crumble into dust <laughs> <laughs> he, he slowly walks out of his pod with his baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire he takes a swing for Lashley and it gets caught in the chain link of the wall. Again, just the fans shit on it because it just goes nowhere. Um, Shaw gets hurled through the supposedly bulletproof glass of the Elimination Chamber pods. Um, I've got him in my notes here. Shaw looks like he's about to die any minute now. 
because um, he's got like this big wad of spit just just <laughs> leaves his mouth. Show's been cancelled. <laughs> yes. um, Lashley does manage to turn the chokeslam into a DDT. That did look fun. The crowd then start chanting for the bi- the Big Show, the Uber Heel Monster Champion Big Show. Um, and then out of nowhere, Lashley hits a spear and ECW dies as Pyro rings out. It's, I mean, how can you fuck up a, like a, a super gimmick match like this? And somehow they do. Um, by virtue of like CM Punk being there and, te- you know, and some cool moves like the RVD uh, rolling thunder over the ropes, the test elbow drop, you know, fair fucks to him. He, he, I wouldn't jump that high. Um, I gave this a five. It's a wretched end to a wretched show. Nice. Jason. Will, this, I'm so mad at you for making me do a podcast that I had to sit and watch something like this. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did I do to offend you so long ago? This was actually my choice. I'm, in my, I'm just like a, you can take like, it out on me. It's a four year long revenge plot. Yes, yes. Um, mostly because it's like just early on, the two faces that people give a crap about are gone very early. And, and RVD looks a little okay because he still puts up a fight after bleeding like a motherfucker. Yep. But everything else is, is just bad. It's like the, as far as the entrances go, they take forever. Um, and I don't know why, because it's, Big Show comes out. I mean, I know why his entrance takes forever. I mean, look at him. But he's going around looking at the pods, looking for which one has the oxygen tank in it so that he can. <laughs> when Punk comes out and goes into, they, they cut to a, a, an image of the Big Show with his face pressed against the glass, breathing. And it's like, that's the fried chicken's point of view from the sneeze guard at a buffet. It's just <laughs> it was terrifying, and each one of them, all four of the guys that go in the well, not all four because Lashley doesn't do it. I think it'd have been hilarious if he did. When they go into their pod, they each one want to take out the weapon and then show everyone. Look what I found! Like it's it's so dumb. It's just it's so much time wasted, even by ECW main event pay per view standards. And then. Here comes the people that are actually going to start the match. Hardcore Holly. Hardcore Holly's great. One of the best drop kicks ever. I love the the 2000 run of Hardcore Holly. The How You Like Me Now. Just him being Sabu's replacement in this makes me hate him. And yes. I mean, not just like the, the, oh, those heels, but just it does. And why are the faces so fucking stupid? Punk, the first person he goes after is Rob Van Dam. I get yep. it's every man for himself, but they built up in the through the, the shows and even in this video package that the three heels in this match are all on the same side. They're all working for Heyman. So that tells you they're all going to team up. Why not try to take them out instead of going after each other? And then it was dumb of Rob Van Dam to want to leap off a pod that has someone in it. So that he, I mean, I know it's booked so he can get stuff, but we know Rob Van Dam would be a much smarter competitor than that. Just it really sucked. I did like that Tess basically immediately turns on Holly. Um, yep. 
that makes me feel bad for Bob Holly because then Bob Holly's like, eh. And that was, it was, because remember it was one, two, and then there was never a three, and the crowd started booing. And the next thing I know, Bob Holly's rolling out. Like, he's going to eliminate. Um, <laughs> he was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this match. Um, I think it would have helped if, I don't even remember, was there an announcer to announce who's been eliminated? No. Yeah. I think, not- I think even he checked out. <laughs> just like, nope. Um, then the, Bobby, the, the best part of this whole fiasco is Bobby Lashley struggling with the table inside of Bond. The poor guy. I mean, it's just like one of those, mm-mm, that table's like, mm-mm, motherfucker, you are not bringing me into this shit. Um, and- <laughs> the table has a better agent than all of the wrestlers. <laughs> it does. Damn. Uh, just this. This was horrible. This is this is the last ECW full ECW paper, and this is the main event. And you know, mm, mm, this this gets a two. Ooh, a two. Okay, Charlie. Two, huh? Okay. Well, they, he has pretty it's much run through it, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit my little highlights in here. Uh, there is one moment on the commentary <clears throat> where I laughed, and it was a genuine laugh. T- Taz was creative for just a second, and it was, and he had a horrible lead-in line from Joey Styles. So kudos to Taz for saving it. But so it's when Paul Heyman's out there, and Joey Styles says, "Oh, 1982 called. They want their hair back." I'm like, "Oh, that is so lame." And <laughs> Taz's response is, "Well, they better get here quick." and i thought that was genuinely funny i was like okay that's 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 pretty good uh we we forgot to mention the uh the timely for us at least um comment of paul Heyman. we kind of mentioned it where he said the ecw will live on after he dies but the hulkamania will die when hulk hogan dies and the woos will die with rick flair and i mean granted i don't think either one of those are true but uh, you know, considering what's going on with Rick Flair right now, which luckily he's doing better, but uh, I thought that was very interesting. Um, Paul Heyman, I think this is very. Jason, you brought it up. I agree with you. It is very out of character for Rob Van Dam to do what he did with uh, Big Show's Pod, and I think it's very out of character all around for Paul Heyman to take the uh, character stance that he's taking here. It doesn't make any sense to me why he would be like this, especially if you've seen the previous two one night stands and it's just really stupid. Uh, luckily I wrote it down in my notes here. The other quote that Taz repeatedly fucking says other than not for nothing, but he has another one uh, this elimination chamber. It freaks him out a little bit. <laughs> and he says this like six times. I don't know. It freaks me out a little bit. You know, it just, he just constantly says that about how, and, and, and this, is, this isn't necessarily his fault. I'm sure he's being fed this. Any, if you've seen a number of Elimination Chamber matches, and there's a guy at commentary, not so much like Taz, but a guy who's actually been in an Elimination Chamber match, their whole purpose is to tell you what a shit show the match actually is on the inside and how awful <laughs> it is to be involved in it. That freaks me out a little bit, you know? I don't, fuck me. <laughs> yeah, just fucking <laughs> awful. Taz is completely roided out. He is rocking the back knee. So like, <laughs> this is how you know it's Latter-day Test. Um, oh. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, 
the the ref fuck up is is truly tremendous. Uh, it, the, they said that ref's name. I, I I seem to remember his name being Mickey J, but that that can't be right. That's the WCW ref. Um, but like that that little two count with Bob Holly. I mean, Bob Holly is is a sad replacement for Sabu, but I like Bob Holly. So like I'm not necessarily a, opposed to him being in a match like this. Hell, he was in one of my favorite hardcore matches with uh, Al Snow at the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. I love that match. So it's, uh, I think he's he's earned his spot here. Test, I'm not kidding. I really, I don't know how the hell he didn't kill Rob Van Dam with that, uh, with that elbow drop. It looks like he went ass first into that chair. Yep. And it looks atrocious. It's so bad. Uh, uh, what the fuck? Okay. What is the point of locking Bobby Lashley in that pod? <laughs> Once his number is up, I love this too. When when WWE. I'm going to rip this fucking match to shreds when they go like into the Wiley Coyote camera and they dum, 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 when they're showing the lights on the pods. It's cool when it's like four guys or three guys, but when it's two, yeah, uh, it, it's just kind of dumb. And, and plus you have to kind of play this game with yourself of remembering where everyone was in the pod in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, wait a minute. Who's in that pod? Yeah. I don't know. And, so they lock him in, and I'm like, well, the match can't end unless they fucking pin the guy. And I love the evolution of the Elimination Chamber from the first time we saw it at Survivor Series where Shawn Michaels wanted to hear. Because originally, it was bulletproof glass, which we <laughs> soon found out is complete fucking bullshit. And we got Bobby Lashley breaking through the chains with a table. And that's, that's bad enough. I'm curious, Charlie. Did, we ever, did somebody ever shoot the glass and it break? To know I that was it was waiting for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you got this is extreme elimination chamber. There, you get New Jack in there, man. Like he will test the theory, and we never got to see it. But Lashley gets out and then proceeds to throw the Big Show through every fucking pod that, that's available. And it reminded me of Goldberg when he like speared everyone through the pods. Yeah, and it's like bulletproof, and it's not even that. He throws Big Show through one of the pods. And then the Big Show escapes that pod by breaking the other side of, of the glass by himself. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck were you waiting for? Like, it's just so dumb. And Taz does a miraculous job, of, like, like just almost mind-boggling, of playing down how dangerous the uh, weapons are in the match. Because, he, because the, whole thi- the whole thing about this match that sells it is the weapons that are in the ring, and that's what makes it even more dangerous. And then Taz goes out of his way to go, well, you know, those weapons might be dangerous, you know, but the uh, the chamber itself is what's really dangerous. And I'm like, way to go, Taz. Way to go. Like, way to play down, like, the barbed wire baseball bat held by the seven-foot giant. You know, it's just, why yes. do we even have the weapons? And, uh, and on top of that, I always seem to remember this match differently. I always forget that it's a weapon inside the chamber, and I always seem to remember that it's like the Thunderdome cage. where yes. And that's the way it should have been, where the weapons are all over the place, and they can just grab one. That would have been far more interesting, and that's, that's, that's one area where WCW, I think, did a much better job in a match like this. Um, I really like the commentary calling out Rob Van Dam's uh, table spot with Bob Hawley from that Raw where Rob Van Dam suplexed Bob Hawley through a table and it completely lacerated his back. 
Yep. And the, uh, you can actually, the back, the back fanny. Right. You can actually see the scar that they're talking about on Bob Hawley, uh, which is, which is great. And like, like, honestly, to go back to it, because like, it, it was driving me nuts. Unless you're going to set Bobby Lashley on fire, why would you lock him in that pot? Like, <laughs> like they lock him in. Like, but, like the big show locks him in, and then he just, <laughs> he just starts like <laughs> laughing. And it's like, you idiot. You, you still have to pin him. And apparently, this is one of those Elimination Chamber matches where you can just pin them anywhere. Because there, there's a pinfall attempt outside the ring. Which didn't happen in the old ones. It's extreme. It me, it's, 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 it's extreme. <laughs> yeah, it's WWE extreme where there's, there's there's pinfalls anywhere, and it reminded me of the worst like sin of all, which I think Triple H had one of these where he pinned Jericho on top of the fucking chamber, <laughs> which all which always made me up, like okay, I guess that's a thing now. Um, it's 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 kind of remarkable to me that this is for me. With CM Punk, Rob Van Dam, and how over those guys are, and yet they're eliminated so fast, and the crowd is so out of it after they're gone, this still somehow manages to be the best match for me of the night, and yet it's still terrible. It's it's so bad, and it's such an insult to the fans. Like this whole show is a fuck you to fans, mm-hmm. uh, and it feels like such a turn. And it's it's unfortunate because like I think this this kind of and this might lead into a future season where WWE, I at least in my opinion, never treated CM Punk like the star that he was. And you can trace it all the way back to right here with him being eliminated first. Oh, this is the guy you want? Well, too bad. We want the big muscular doofus who sounds like Mike Tyson. You know, it's yep. I, I I hate that. And it's it's not pro wrestling to me. It's not what pro wrestling is about. And and if you go by the old stone cold VHSs that I used to watch all the time, the crowd, at least back then, the crowd is who picked who the new face was. And I'm beginning to think that that was never true. <laughs> yeah. Like, because the crowd never liked Bobby Lashley. Uh, the WrestleMania 23 match is only remembered for Donald Trump. They forget that Bobby Lashley and Umaga had a fucking dog shit match. Uh, at that pay-per-view this match is terrible and it's an awful way for us to end uh wwe cw and really ecw as a whole because really the next episode is just going to be a bonus i give this match a four four i was right there with you on a four absolutely myself hmm. um uh, the um there is going to be a lot to unpack after this match in regards to a lot of what you guys said about Heyman's promo uh and afterwards, the only thing I'm just going to reiterate, I think, about the chamber match itself is like the the moment RV the moment RVD is penned, it's like the air leaves the building. It's over with at that point. Because even with Punk gone, you at least had RVD was kind of a sentimental pick. Absolutely. Once he's gone, though, it's over with. Completely done. Uh, yeah, I. I <laughs> I uh, I kept thinking the whole time I was like, man, this is supposed to really build this guy for that run in 2007 that he's supposed to have, and it's just nobody's buying it. And then those that pyro is hilarious. The pyro yep. is so funny to me because like, come on, you want to like him? We got pyro. Like that's what it felt like, and it just felt so forced and so yep. over the top. It. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you're right, Charlie. It's, it gets a four. It's probably matching the night, and it's, and it's still awful. <laughs> so, um, 
as I said, there's some things to unpack. Let's just first get normal business out of the way here with just the rating. As Charlie's tabulating it, it's not, it shouldn't be oh, any... Oh, I got it. Okay, what have you got overall? What did we do? This is remarkable. Uh, we have never rated a show this low before, but here it is. I'm actually quite ashamed because I have the show rated at the highest, and yet yes. I get the most bitching. Uh, and I guess that's my comeuppance. I have the show at a 2.42. <laughs> See, that's what's so funny. It's like, it's still such, you could double these scores and they still, I don't think would touch any of the other shows that we've yep. ever done. Uh, Jason has it at the lowest with a solid two. <laughs> uh, Will has it at a 2.33. And I'll take back what I said because I just, I just corrected my math. Martin, you have the show rated at the highest. I'm sorry. Yeah, he had a five. Yeah. Martin has it, right, because you gave some bullshit a five. Oh, no, it was, it, okay. Like, that, I could understand. That last match wasn't that bad. Uh, Martin has the show at a, at, at a three. So we give December to December. All around a 2.44. Take that, <laughs> assholes. Char Charlie, I wanted to say, like, the uh, when, when Bobby Lashley hit Big Show with the spear, I was like, oh, he hit Big Show with the hiatus. <laughs> 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 Bam. Um, Cagematch.net has this rated. Its uh, cumulative rating is 1.51. There is actually, and of course, I look at the reviews, and some are, you know, whatever. Um, I love this review, though. This is by RVD Innator, who actually <laughs> rated. <laughs> Rob Van Daminator. Um, who rated the show a zero, and. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 before you read it. <laughs> I'll do it, I'll do the voice. Do it. <clears throat> I could not write. This show sucks. This show sucks. This show sucks for infinity, and it could not accurately describe the awfulness of this show. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even samey. <laughs> this is something completely different. Bullet, um, Bullet Club Smart this year only I'd say a few months ago gave this a four and said better than Fastlane. <laughs> that's that's just because he's a smart. He's just yeah. being an asshole. So there, I, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> you can all right. take in your house four, and 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 yeah. that, that would be a better show. Let's the kennel in a cell match. Yes, is almost better than this show. At least you got dogs shitting everywhere. I mean, like that's that's entertainment. Let's talk about now, like, because this stuff is the best part about this show was reading about the fallout and everything. So to start with, not long after December to December, Big Show was offered a long-term contract extension by WWE, reported to be around a million dollars a year. He declined the offer. However, reasoning he was his reasoning was that he was burned out and hurting physically. Well, no shit. Uh, yeah. On the first episode of ECW to air after December to Dismember, Show and Lashley would compete in a rematch for the title. The Big Show lost, thus ending their storyline feud, and he announced his retirement from wrestling. Although he made his return at the 2008 No Way Out pay per view. 
After the storyline feud with Big Show ended, Lashley entered a short program with RVD, which led to R which led to Van Dam earning a title match on the January 2nd, 2007 episode of ECW. The match between the two ended in a no contest after Tess interfered during the bout. Tess interference led to a storyline with the champion leading to a title match at the Royal Rumble, which Lashley won. Now, this is, uh, this is more on the reception end. Less than 24 hours after the pay-per-view, WWE announced on their official website that Vince McMahon had sent Paul Heyman home, citing quote-unquote slumping television ratings and a disgruntled talent roster as causes for Mr. Heyman's dismissal. Heyman and McMahon clashed on the plane to the North Charleston Coliseum. Oh, and, no. <laughs> and after a producer's meeting, Heyman was escorted from the Coliseum and sent home. He was also immediately pulled from ECW's creative team after the altercation. McMahon was attempting to put blame on Heyman for the poorly received pay-per-view, and after meeting with Vince and Stephanie McMahon, Heyman legitimately left WWE but remained under contract. Heyman was against the decision of Lashley being booked to win the ECW title and instead wanted to have CM Punk win it, a decision McMahon disliked. This situation was cited by Punk in his controversial shoot promo in 2011 in which he referred to the idea as one in which Heyman was something in Punk. Heyman saw something in Punk that nobody else wanted to admit. In an early 2008 interview with The Sun, Heyman gave more details on how he would have booked the, uh, the elimination, or Extreme Elimination Chamber main event, which included having Punk enter first and quickly eliminate Big Show via submission. According to the interview, McMahon nixed the idea, but Big Show loved the direction Heyman was heading and was eager for the opportunity to make a rising star like Punk. He also stated that he kept going to McMahon on the night of the pay-per-view to say that, quote-unquote, the people are going to throw this back in our face. Upset at how the event turned out, Tommy Dreamer and Stevie Richards both asked for the after the event to be released from their contracts. Both were refused by McMahon and John Laurinaitis. Critics had a negative reaction to the pay-per-view, with the only match that received praise being the Hardy Boys versus Eminem Tag Team title match. Slam, Spor oh. Slam Sports rated the pay-per-view 4 out of 10, saying that the two matches that were promoted saved the thing from being a debacle. In the 2006 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards, the event was voted the worst major wrestling show of the year. So, you guys talked about the promo, and I read, I read, I think I read that 2008 interview, and it's really good with Heyman. Because it's before he comes back, so it's in between... You know, the, the Paul Heyman we know now, and then this Paul Heyman. And it's fascinating because he talks about, was there ever a notion when he had to go out and do that promo that he was just going to shoot and just, you know, basically do whatever he wanted? And he said, no, I'm not going to, I wouldn't do that. I, if a shoot for me would be, would be going out there and delivering the promo I did because I was so reluctant to go out there. He didn't want to go out there whatsoever. He didn't want to do anything like that, but he did. I want to play for you guys something. I don't know if you've ever seen it or heard it. Um, well, obviously you're not going to see it, but you're going to at least hear it here. Paul Heyman's last promo. He cuts a promo after this show that's hyping ECW. And you can't see it, but there are legit tears coming off of him during this promo. I'm going to play it real quick. I'm going to see how this sounds. It, it, you want to talk about like taking just absolute dog shit and turning it into something? This is pretty good. I want to play this. Here it is. Let's see. This is the blood. Of the greatest ECW champion. 
that has ever lived. This is the blood of the greatest giant that has ever walked into a wrestling ring. This is the blood of the man that have loyalty to me, agreed to carry ECW on his back and turn it from, 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 from a bingle hole promotion into a global phenomenon. This is the blood of a man that got ripped off tonight. It took, it took an extreme elimination chamber. It took a man, a 270, 280 pound man with a weapon in his hand to beat the giant. This is the blood of my friend. On behalf of Extreme Championship Wrestling, it is my obligation to inform everyone that this Tuesday night, the Big Show's rematch clause is being invoked. And it will not be an extreme elimination chamber. And weapons won't be legal. The ECW world title will be on the line. And Bobby Lashley will have to defend the championship against the most dominant athlete in history the seven-foot-tall, 500-pound Big Show. And it all happens this Tuesday night. I'm done. Thanks. God dang, I added it in post. All right, there it is. I went ahead and played the promo. Well, we'll, um, well that was amazing. It's, oh, I, I felt it. Yeah, I had to because the um, it wasn't it was killing the feedback on the mic was killing it. But anyway, it's an amazing promo where he he looks at his tie and it's got Big Show's blood on it from the match, and he's like he keeps going back to like he he sells Big Show as being this, and it's funny because after what we just talked about with what he wanted to do with the show and how Big Show really had a he was backing him on the direction that the main event should have taken, he sells Big Show as being this really important wrestler for ecw and he talks about how there's going to be the the rematch he hypes the rematch is what his promo is supposed to do but when you listen to it it's fascinating because Heyman is really like you can tell like there's a sadness in his voice because he knows on the one hand like he cannot stand what has happened to ecw and at the same time he's like i have to leave this has to be the end for me so it's a damn good um it's a damn good promo, and it's fascinating just reading about like what what was really what they really wanted to do with this, and what they ended up doing. There was actually a quote that I I'm just going to paraphrase it. It was there's that unauthorized ECW book, you know, oh, and yeah, yeah. there's this quote in there where like um, it comes off the tail end of a meeting where meeting or where uh, Heyman is saying. He's telling Vince what he wants to do, like what needs to happen with this main event and how he wants to do the thing with CM Punk. And, and McMahon just throws his glasses. And this quote, which it's unverified, but you know it is what it is. Like is. I'm paraphrasing, but he says, get this through your thick fucking skull. Bobby Lashley is the guy. He is our superhero for ECW, and the fans are going to love him, and that's it. Just shuts him down. Just shuts him down, and once again backs that Lashley is going to be is going to be the guy. So, um, all that being said, like it's uh, 
when I watch that promo again at the beginning of this match and Paul Heyman says ECW will live on beyond him, he was exactly right. He knew that he was, that ECW was now, at that point, it was bigger than he was. And thus, it was going to continue, and it did. It did. It did. So that is that. We're at the end of it there. So um, in, like, let's just kind of go into some final thoughts here, Jason. Go ahead and lead us off. And I see a final. Just kind of keep, we've kind of said our piece about ECW on, T, on, uh, on television, once again, with sci-fi. But just kind of give your, some final thoughts on the WWE-ECW version. Well, um, as the haunted house keeps going there, the uh, WWE-CW version was, in the first year or so, was pretty bad. Um, then it got really bad, and then someone had a bright idea of, well, let's try to actually make some people people don't know about here. And it, it got a little better, and then was proto-NXT before it became NXT on sci-fi and then it was you know it was pretty good then it just it it felt like if i was i can tell you this if i was an ecw fan like one of the diehard fans it was there from the beginning in the 90s with everything i would have felt so betrayed and i would have been very upset and probably would have quit watching wrestling um because of this it was that bad to me um I can, and I can see why, like being the big CM Punk fans, we are, you know, now looking at this, it is ludicrous. That, that would be your first person out and, and things like that for this match. And it just, that's a good kind of snapshot of the way that stuff went here. Um, but I mean, you know, ECW itself was the original ECW was something that really wouldn't have lasted long. The, the wrestlers would have burnt themselves out. They would have wrestled themselves out and hurt themselves out, partied themselves out. And so it was bound to change eventually. And this just kind of forced it to do so. Uh, I mean, I'm glad it's dead. This was a joking that we make all the time. Yeah. All right, all right Mar- uh, uh, Charlie, you got some quick final thoughts on it you want to give, like on the show and on the run as a whole? Yeah, yeah I mean, it, <clears throat> those first two pay-per-views are pretty good. Well, they're excellent, especially in 2005. Uh, those those two pay per views rank uh, up there with some with two of my as two of my favorite ECW pay per views. And just to see where it went <clears throat> six months later, where they tried to do that, what eventually became NXT, where they were going to introduce new stars and and try to make it into something that it just wasn't. Uh, really, they they really damaged the the name value of ECW and yeah, of course, like when it came to an end, finally, uh, that was back when you know, we started watching it again, like around 2010, I think it was. And, 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 you know, that was back when we were living at the apartment and we would watch raw. We would never watch ECW ever. You know, it was just something that we, you know, we just didn't do when they finally announced that it was going to end and they were going to replace it with the show called NXT. I mean, it was a big sigh of relief because uh ecw just it, it didn't it didn't mean it they might as well have you know have the acronym stand for eastern championship wrestling again. because uh the ecw that it was was not what we loved and it's it is it is really sad because it, it could have been something uh special and it was for a little while and what vince had told paul Heyman, i always go back to that when when paul Heyman first got the tnn deal 
and Vince told him, well, you know, you're going to have to make it more for a mainstream audience. And, and that's what Vince did. And it, it failed. It just failed. And it, and it just further goes to show that the only thing Vince McMahon seems to be able to run that doesn't fail is the WWE. Uh, yeah, anytime he, he tries to do something with, with, with something else, it's not WWE. It just does not work. And it was, it's unfortunate and, and that, that it happened and that it is a really kind of a miracle that Paul Heyman ever came back. I remember we were shocked when, when he came back. Cause I, I, I that, that was something that, that didn't even seem like a possibility, even by WWE standards, because we knew how, how burnt out Heyman uh, had been on, on that whole deal. And it's, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad this show exists in a way, because I'll be honest, this has been the most fun I've had recording one of these episodes in a long time. I like, this was a blast at this, just to talk about this show and to finally see it. Because if honestly, if we didn't have this podcast, I would have never, I would have never actually sat down and watched the show. Um, but you know, all good things come to an end. I'm glad, I'm glad it's over. And because this is this is pretty much it. This is this is really the end of ECW. It just so happens we have one we have one bonus episode to do, and uh, it, it's been a fun season. But I'm, it's sad to see the way it, sad to see it go out the way that it did. And we'll get in, we'll get into more of like the overall reaction next episode. We'll really get to expound and like kind of go from barely legal up to this point and everything. Um, Martin, go ahead and just uh, quickly give your final thoughts on on the whole thing here. Um, WWE CW felt like an experiment that nobody really wanted to, t- to do, um, except for the fans. And it was, it seemed like a case of, you know, be careful what you wish for, because you may just get it. People wanted ECW to come back. Well, they got ECW back, but it was, it was in the hands of Vince McMahon. It was, it became sports entertainment, not, I mean, to take what Charlie said and run with it, you could have just called it Entertainment Championship Wrestling. Um, which, for any other wrestling company, could have worked. But not ECW. ECW it had Extreme in the name. It needed to be edgy. It needed to be the other. It needed to be not WWE. The problem is, WWE were making it. WWE were... You, were doing it their way. To them, ECW was just weapon shot matches and that kind of thing. There was no real attitude behind it. I'm not the world's biggest fan of ECW, and after all this, I mean, this this run has been an absolute riot. It's been fantastic. I'm not going to eulogize and say ECW was the best thing to ever happen in wrestling, because um, a lot of it wasn't to my taste, but it was fun. The WWE version wasn't fun. It just... It felt like everybody was just there, just for being their sake, and just the passion was was gone. Even even for a WWE show, the passion was gone. The only people that cared were well, not the only people, but the people that cared were the people that didn't matter, being the talent, Heyman, and the fans. The people that really mattered in all of this, Vince, Stephanie whoever on the writing team just didn't give a toss and it ultimately it was just left to wither and die. Um, there was one last thing I wanted to, I had, I had teased in the beginning. 
when you look, I just looked this up um, yesterday because I was curious. Just this goes through the end of 2007. When you look at how many people were on this show, these are only people. These are only people that are on this show. This doesn't count all ECW people. Rob Van Dam, Davari, Joey Mercury, Sabu, The Sandman, Sylvester Turkai, Ariel, Paul Heyman, Tony Mamaluke, Danny, and Doug Basham. They are all gone by the end of 07. Jesus. So almost like a, a, a ton of people off this card aren't even to be with the company in a year. And that kind of shows you where this card was headed from the get-go. So that is that there. So um, we're heading towards episode 100 next, next time, which will be... TNA's Hardcore Justice. Hardcore Justice. I think it actually has another name to it. It's the final... What do they call it? I'm the look- final stand. Yes. That's it. Yes. The final... <laughs> the last The last stand. Mercifully. The, the last stand. Which um, was in 2010. So we're going to be picking up about four years later from where we are here with this show. So that'll be fun. It'll be our first TNA show. It'll be kind of like... In a way, ECW is never really gone. Anytime there's an extreme rules pay-per-view or something, it still kind of lives on. But in terms of, um, it's a good place to end is with Hardcore Justice because there it is definitely a very strong attempt to have an ECW show without calling it ECW. Um, it's so, worthy. Yeah, I, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah. I looked at the card. It's a it's a much better card than this without question. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Oh, it's a much better show than this. Yeah. Episode one hundred two, like it's supposed. We're, we are gonna we're gonna talk about all things too. It's gonna be a fun show to talk about. Season one with WCW, season two with the Invasion, and then here, of course, we'll just kind of kind of chit chat, walk down memory lane, talk about old times and things like that. It'll be a good time. If you want to chime in, if you want to if you want to have some fun talking about uh, the old times, if you want to send in some. Send in some things. You can do it through Twitter. You can tweet us, of course. We'll talk about that in a second. But, of course, you can email us, newbloodrisingpod at gmail.com. But um, our podcast, of course, we're, uh, I didn't mention up front, but you know we're part of Questionable Endeavor Network, where you can listen to the Raw Attitude Pod that we talked about earlier. Henry, again, congratulations. And then there's also the 4CR Radio, 4C Radio uh, Network that we're a part of as well. You can listen to stuff from the great Billy Carpenter, of course. So um, that wraps us up. We are on Twitter at New Blood Pod and on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. I am at William Rinkin83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I am at CM underscore stabs. And I am at Bunny Suey Cedar. We'll see you guys when we hit the century mark for episode 100 with TNA Hardcore Justice The Last Stand. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So for one last time, I need y'all to roll. Uh, 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 yeah. Now what the hell are you waiting for? After me, there should be no more. So for one last time, make some noise. Get him, Jay. Who you know fresher than whole? Riddle me that. The rest of y'all know where I'm lurking yeah. Can't none of y'all mirror me back Yeah, hear me rappers like hand G rapping is prime I'm young H.O. Raps great for dead Back to take over the globe Now break bread I'm in Boeing Jets Global Express Out the country but the blueberries still connect On the low with the yacht Got a triple deck But when you young with the f- you respect Yep, yep Grand opening, grand closing 
damn your manhole, crack the can open again. Who you gonna find open ahead with no pen? Just draw inspiration. Who you gonna see you can't replace him with cheap imitations of these generations? How will they pay you? When you first come in the game, they try to play you. Then you drop a couple of hits, look how they wait to you. From RC to Madison Square, to the only thing that matters is just a matter of years. As fate will have it, J status appears to be at an all-time high. Perfect time to say goodbye. When I come back like Jordan, we're in the 4-5. It ain't to play games with you, it's to aim at you. Probably name you. If I owe you, I'm blowing you to smithereens. Except I take one for your team, and I need you to remember one thing. I came, I saw, I conquered. Record sale, sold out concert. Come up, you want this encore? I need you to scream to your lungs and so